0: Well, hey there. Welcome once again to the Great Stories Podcast. I am Ryan Weber, your host for the show. What you have found today is a long-format interview-style program where I sit across the table from another human being, and we just hear their story. But We hear their challenges, their struggles, their wins, their losses. Uh, Most importantly, though, we hear how they came to know Christ and what it's looked like in the context of their life to follow Him. These interviews are long format. They're unscripted, they're unedited, and they're uh, uninterrupted, and they're real. These are real conversations with real people following a real God, and uh, we just get to come along and hear their story for a little bit. Uh, You can follow the show on Facebook at The Great Stories Podcast, the same name on Instagram. Uh, If you want to listen to the show, you're probably listening to it on uh, Apple Podcast or Stitcher app. I'm currently looking at trying to get it up on some other platforms also. uh, But you can search for it there at the full name, The Great Stories Podcast. Uh, We have a Patreon account. It costs a little bit of money to do something like this. I'm looking at a logo. I want to expand to three mics. Uh, I just want to get this on other platforms and get these stories out. Uh, So if you want to search for us on Patreon.com, you can find us there. Just a shout out to Scott V. Thanks for your support, man. I always appreciate it. It's great bumping into you around town, too. Uh, I want this podcast to grow. I think the stories people have, the the ways that Christ has worked in people's lives is the most powerful thing that anyone has to say. And I know for every person I have on the show, there's probably a thousand people out there who could hear, who, who could share their story and, and would want to hear uh, about what this powerful God has done in their life and I want them to hear it. So share the episodes, uh, give it a five-star rating on the, on the podcast, uh, and that'll just help it show up sooner as people are hunting for podcasts to listen to. Uh, and as always, if you want to be on the show or you know someone you think would be good for me to talk to, please send me an email at thegreatstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, today, I just wrapped up a conversation with a delightful gal named Jennifer Uen. Uh, she is a Bay Area native. She grew up around here in, in the Fremont area. Uh, she was born into a culturally Buddhist family, but began her journey following Christ in about the third grade. And just the, the progress through there, the story of, of her, her really coming to surrender to Christ is incredible. Uh, she went to school for kines- kinesiology. I learned how to spell that today. <laughs> she actually is an army Reserve currently. Uh, She served in the wildfires and actually did a a month over in South Korea uh, recently, too. Uh, Just Jen has such a great perspective uh, on the confusing time after college and just learning how to really trust God, how to really say yes to Him, and just to grow to really believe that He has your best in mind, even if it's not your plan. Uh, I really hope you enjoy listening to this gem of a woman, uh, Jen as much as I enjoyed recording it. Here we go. Cool. Jen, can I uh, pray for just a second? Yes, absolutely. And then we'll hit the the mics. Okay. All right. Uh, God, thank you so much for giving us this time, this evening. Uh, thank you for this, just uh, the blessing of these crazy toys that we have that uh, a conversation had in here can be shared with other people. And I mm-hmm. pray that uh, you lead both of our words to be what they should be and that they'll land on the ears they need to land on. Mm-hmm. I just pray, pray that you bless this time and guide us in your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, Jen, can you can you state your last name for me? UN. I that don't that right? even
1: know it's correct anymore. Is that right? I was born and raised here in America. Because, <laughs>
0: because <laughs> it struck Ooh. me that your your name is genuine. Yes. Like genuine. Yes. Is it, no one has ever figured that out before. I'm sure, right? Um, I'm, I'm...
1: In high school, they figured <laughs> it out. Okay. So genuine. So that was my nickname.
0: Yeah. Genuine. That's a cute nickname. You could do a lot worse. I, I was called all kinds of things in high school. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh man.
0: I know. Um. <laughs> So it's Friday. What does an average Friday look like in Genuine's world?
1: Oh man, Friday—it's work.
0: Get right up on that microphone. There you go.
1: It's work. Thank you. Mike etiquette here. Mike etiquette. when. You made it. Um, It's work. uh, You typically from nine to five, and then if there's prime at night, awesome possum. Mm. Try to go to that, or um, just any other plans I may have with other people.
0: Right on. Yeah. Do you work on Fridays?
1: I do. I work Monday to Fridays. Oh,
0: normal, normal people hours. (laughs) I'm not used to that. (laughs) Mm. What do you do uh, for work?
1: So I just started actually as the administrative assistant for a medical device company Okay. um, here in the Bay Area. So it's been over a month now.
0: Right on. What kind of medical devices are you allowed to say?
1: No, it's it's life-saving devices here. Um, We work uh, mainly with, like, coils, catheters, Ah. tubes, um, things that need to go into the body to take something bad outside of the, or out of the body.
0: A lot of sterile environments then. Yes. That's neat. Mm -hmm. So you sell to hospitals and... That's cool.
1: Yeah. All across the world, actually. Mm
0: -hmm. So I got to see... Uh, a catheter, like a what is it? A cardiac catheter, the ones you put in your heart.
2: Oh, once. okay. Once,
0: long time ago, but it's a crazy process. Like they go in through their femoral artery and mm-hmm. put it up in their in their heart. It's like whoa, yeah, crazy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How are you liking that? It's good.
1: It's good. It's been um, it's been a blessing just having a job.
0: Yeah. Um, because... <laughs>
1: Um, I definitely try not to take it for granted. I pinch myself every once in a while just because I've been part-time, contracted, on and off for a few years now. So to finally have something stable, um, it's just praise God. Praise God.
0: No kidding. (laughs) How old are you right now?
1: I am 27.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: (laughs) I don't know why I hesitated. Get
0: the calculator out.
1: Shoot. Anything (laughs) after 25, I'm just like, (laughs) I don't know. That's funny. Twenty-seven. That's a look over to yeah. Yeah. Twenty-seven.
2: <laughs>
0: Eric is here. He's in the room observing the uh, the interview today. Um, so uh, if, if we end up talking to somebody that that our audience is blind to, you'll know why. Mm. The dog is here too, but I'm, I talk to her once in a while. Um, funny story about um, about that. Hang on, I totally forgot what I was gonna say. Dang it. It happened. What was the story? It's okay. What were you you saying? You were just saying...
1: I was talking about my age and
0: forgetting my age. Right. Oh, (laughs) oh my gosh. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) And then I forgot. Okay, that wasn't a joke. Uh, So, I I actually forgot how old I was for a whole year. 21. I I was telling people that I was uh, 31 for two years. (laughs) 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 And uh, it was my 33rd birthday... And I, I was over at my parents' house, and I told them like, "Hey, what do you guys think? I'm turning 32. I'm getting old." And then mom just says, uh, "Ryan, you're you're already 32." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "No, I'm not. Come on!" So she got the calendar out and did the whole thing. Sure. <laughs> and then, so I yeah. aged I aged two years uh, at the same time. I was really bummed about that because I feel like I missed 32 like altogether. Oh man, <laughs> um, it,
1: it flies by. Time flies by yeah yeah
0: so thank you so much for coming on the show today uh i'm excited to chat with you some more uh you had given your testimony at prime which is our our singles ish young adults i'm not i'm not sure what really but it's it's 20 somethings yes yes, Um, yes yes and you'd given your testimony for that and so i asked you to come on and just give the the longer version of it sure and uh Tell your whole story here. So, if you could give us just some background on you. Um, where'd you come from? Where were you born? Family history, stuff like that. Go
1: mm-hmm. ahead. Um, well, first and foremost, thank you for having me here. Yeah. Thank you for spending your time to sit down with me to chat about this. Totally. Um, so, I was born and raised here in the Bay Area. Um, and yeah, just here in the suburbs of Fremont. Um, grew up in a family that was culturally Buddhist. So Hmm. we went through the motions of going to temple, praying to our ancestors, things like that. But we, okay, but I've asked my parents, like even the previous years after that, it's like, no, they never believed in any gods in particular. So we just went through the motions because our families did. Hmm. Um, So I, so I followed along too. And I think in any Asian family, um, Buddhism is pretty prominent yeah. um, here in America and back home as well. So hmm. it was something that we've just always known, and we just never questioned it.
0: Yeah. Right. It's a culturally Buddhist, mm-hmm. is what you say. Yeah. Yes. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Do um, you have any brothers or sisters?
1: I have one younger brother.
0: Okay. Where's he at?
1: He's uh, working full-time like me right now. and. Um, Lucky guy. Yeah, I. Um, yeah. Both my parents are... Retired right now, old and retired, but um, I'm glad that both me and my brother were able to kind of help support them, whether it's through the house or just financially. We're able to do that and give that back to them now. So, yeah. Right on. Two adult kids.
0: And were you raised in Fremont? I was. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, are you a Washington Hospital baby or (laughs) is it like that close?
1: So, I actually was born at Hayward Kaiser. So, when I say I was born and raised in Fremont, it's Kind of a little bit of a lie, but I was born at Hayward-Kaiser. Born at
0: Hayward and brought home to Fremont. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> right on. Um, tell me about growing up here. I, I grew up across the Bay, so my knowledge of Fremont only begins at like 2006. Okay. So what was it like before then <laughs> for you?
1: Um, hmm. I think growing up in Fremont, it's something I take for granted because it's a very great place to be at and it's a very great place to live in and be like, just to grow up in. Uh, Very safe, a lot of resources. Mm. Um, Yeah, just a lot of resources and we're really blessed here. Whether it's the weather, whether it's the food, whether it's the people, like actually the Bay Area is awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So this is where I was brought up in and I don't know anywhere else.
0: (laughs) Have you traveled much? like? Other continents or countries? Yeah.
2: Um,
1: not really, actually. Um, the only other continent I've ever been to, besides North America, is Asia. Okay. That's it. Yeah, I don't even think I've ever... Yeah, that's it.
0: That's hmm. it. Yeah. Where are your parents from?
1: Uh, my bar- my Both my parents are from China.
0: Okay. Yeah. And they, they came when, you know?
1: Immigrated here to the states like in the seventies,
0: okay, got yeah.
1: married in the late eighties
0: and then then you us yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the nineties,
1: so they immigrated here for a better life um their marriage was kind of just relatives introducing them to each other, and then they quickly yeah they they quickly dated and then quickly got engaged and then got married and wanted to start a family together, so yeah, that was.
0: That was back in the 80s, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the 80s. So you're born in 89. Uh, <laughs>
1: so I was born in 91.
0: 91. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's 20, uh, 27, yeah, <laughs> something like that.
1: I know. It took me a while too.
0: That math is hard. <laughs> I never get it right. I forgot my own age, so forget that just the whole conversation's over. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so, tell me a bit more about <laughs> being culturally Buddhist. So you said you went to, do they call it temple or? Yeah. What are, where are those? Are there Buddhist temples around here?
1: So they're actually everywhere here oh. in the Bay Area. Gosh. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't know too much about it right now, but just mm. growing up, I remember having to go there every Sunday. Okay. Um, and then I would remember that we would like burn a lot of like incense and then mm. that those long stick thingies and then like, yeah. having to bow down. To like these statues, idols. I'm not okay. really sure. Um, and then I remember my parents would always like just pray to the ancestors for like mm. blessings, for good health, for good fortune. Hmm.
0: Um, they prayed to like specific ancestors or just like to them all.
1: That I as a, as that, a shotgun. that I really don't remember. Hmm. Um, but I think. I think mainly to our ancestors, like people, loved ones that have passed away. Right. Um, but I'm sure there's some spirits that they also believed in, and yeah. they were like, "Oh, it doesn't hurt to also pray to these individuals." As might as well.
0: well, might as well hit them all, right? Yeah, if you, I, I if guess. hedge <laughs> your bets, and okay. Yeah. And then, so as a as a kid, like when were you in that Buddhist world? all the way up until high school college like when did that kind of fizzle out for you
1: Mm -hmm. so buddhism was something i was born into and then when i was in third grade uh, my parents decided to transfer me to a local christian school Hmm. here in the bay area okay and for them they didn't think much about it they're like oh it's a christian school like it's not it's not a it's not really a big threat to us that it's a christian school but we just want her to have a good education and just want what's best for her and locally they wanted um in terms of logistically like picking me up and dropping me off Hmm. this christian school happened to be on the way to their workplaces okay
0: can you say which one is it a secret no it's not a secret what is it what is it (laughs) I want to know.
1: Should I be more specific? I on this? Yeah, I guess. Um, it's Chinese Christian schools in San Leandro, but now it's okay. renamed something and it's located in Alameda.
0: Cool. I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've met at least one or two other people Yeah, that have gone there.
1: It's a very big um, Christian school here in the Bay Area. There's right. a lot, but um, that's one of the older ones, I would say. Okay. Yeah.
0: Right on. Uh, so get into like what, what high school was like for you. Uh, any highlights along the way? Major events? things like that
1: yeah so um major events so going back to that third grade when i started at that school that was when i accepted or that's when i actually just started learning about the bible and Mm. about god and as a 10 year old it's like something new it's something cool and then when my teacher approached me one day and was like, hey, do you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? <laughs> hey, by the way. I mean, as a 10-year-old, you're like, yeah, why not? Huh. Like, come on. Like, why not? Like. Wow. So I accepted it, and she really encouraged me, like, hey, now that you're a Christian and you want to learn more about the Bible, you want to learn more about God and about Jesus, you have to go to church. <laughs> so when I went home, I, like, like begged and annoyed and whined to my parents like hey we need to go to church my teacher says we have to go to church <laughs> uh, my parents finally gave in and we found a local church here in Fremont as well so um, cool. ever since then we've been going to that church um, it's called Chinese Independent Baptist Church in Fremont Okay. Um, and through that my parents came to Christ my brother came to Christ and we've been kind of Living life since then, wow. um, and it's kind of crazy to think that one decision to bring their child to or transfer their child yeah. to a Christian school—they didn't think anything about
2: it—was
1: yeah. ultimately such a life-changing, eternal saving, <laughs>
0: interesting
1: change for our entire family.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and you'd say in third grade, you you got it. Like it would you? Was there a? Because a lot of people, when they talk about, like, childhood, Christ accepting, it's like, okay, yeah, but I was a kid. And then in high school, I really got it. And then, well, not really. And then in college, mm-hmm. I really got it. And, like, was it a gray thing for you? Or was it like a like a s- switch was flipped and, and you got it?
1: Yeah, for me, I did not get it. Um, third grade, for me, I was just like, hey, this is something I want. Mm. Um, but... When I accepted Christ in third grade, pretty much up until college, um, I was just going to church, enjoying fellowship with my um, peers in high school, mm. um, having fun serving at, at church um, and being able to serve in different ministries. But I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus. Mm. I didn't. Um, I had, yeah, I mean, I really did not have a desire to come to Him. To read my Bible and study more about what his word had to say
2: yeah
1: Um, and I just did it because in my head it was the right thing to do because I was a Christian Um, so I lived a very stagnant spiritually dry life (laughs) from third grade to end of high school end of high school going into college
0: stagnant spiritually dry interesting ways to say this this is something that's on my mind a lot as a because I I lead a grade school ministry right mm-hmm. so we you know we offer baptism and you know of course every week we're presenting kids with the gospel yeah and they're frequently invited like that like you know have you accepted Christ into your heart and they you know a lot of them I don't know if I'm ready and we drop it like okay we're not gonna <laughs> Repeat after me, everyone. You, especially you. Repeat after me. Like sure. we, we don't do that. Uh, but even the ones that do, yeah, I want to accept Christ. And, you know, and they're, sometimes they're in. Like, I've had, you know, first and second graders. Hmm. And that thought is always in the back of my head. Because like, you're probably the fourth person that I've heard say that same thing. That there's a childhood, even, like, kids that are born into a church-going family. Mm-hmm. That... Yeah, I've just always been a Christian, but I didn't really get it until later. I knew what to do, I knew where to go, I knew the words, the church words to say. Sure. And yeah. I was kind of that way too. Like I, I knew that our Father, and I know that we hold hands and we say these things at this point, and He says that, and we say this, and yeah, I'm a yeah, I'm a, I'm a Catholic Christian person, right?
2: Okay.
0: Um, so that that's something that's always it, it's fascinating to me because I I won't discount those childhood confessions of faith. Mm -hmm. But it seems like that's not the end of the story. Like they're, they need more. They need some kind of support and nurturing after that. So what did that, what did that look like for you? At at what point did it kind of go from that childhood thing to your thing? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, as kids, our brains and our, quote unquote life experiences are just so I don't want to say immature, but it's just so limited mm. because we're still young. We still haven't quote unquote gone out into the real world yet. Right. Um so it's very limited. And I don't wanna discount anyone that because I think God writes everyone's story differently. Like that's the beauty of it. Yeah. In a sense where like for me specifically, he really didn't <laughs> slap me across the face until college. (laughs) But for someone who is like younger, like he could give them that clarity more than what I experienced. Mm. So it's really hard to tell. And I think as a ministry leader, um, you will always have that at the back of your head too. And um, yeah, it's definitely not something to discount because um, every confession, every realization, every life lesson that we learn, it's like a milestone. It's right. so not something to be taken for granted. Um, but for me, after I graduated from high school, moved to college, or went to college, um, I joined a fellowship immediately. I was like, okay. I have to get plugged in because college is distracting, academics are going to be tougher, and
2: yeah.
1: I just want to be able to have a community. I think for me, I wasn't really seri- serious in terms of my faith, but it was more about a community Okay. at that point as a freshman in college. Um, but up until I think like the end of my freshman year, to so the beginning of my sophomore year, a leader, one of the leaders approached me. And I was like, hey, are you interested in taking like a basic Christianity course? Okay.
0: Um, what, what college is this? So they're offering christianity courses so (laughs) it's not uc berkeley no so
1: it's um san francisco state university but it's a church that it's a church um that kind of sent out a team of Mm. leaders and other students grad students to start this fellowship on okay on sf state campus it's
0: a a crew sort of format okay yeah it's
1: it's like crew university there's like so many now
0: i see okay that
1: are out there but Mm -hmm. so
0: they invited you in Yes. Right on. Mm -hmm. What did that look like?
1: Um, It was great to just be able to um, be with people that shared the same, or I think they shared the same morals and values as me, and just be able to be in an environment that was fun, but also like studying God's word, and that was Mm. a priority of theirs as well. So I really was craving that community, and I'm really happy that I got plugged in my first year.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Right on. Yeah. So keep going then. What uh, I'm, I'm curious about this transition now. What, yeah. what was it that brought this into the real for you?
1: So when one of the leaders approached me about taking a basic Christianity course, immediately in my heart was like, I don't need that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've got this. <laughs> yeah,
1: like I've been a Christian for so long. <laughs> like this, like it's like, yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like, hey, like, I know you're fluent in this language, but do you want to take the level one level yeah, of that?
0: Yeah, okay. And it's
1: like, in my heart, I was like, I don't need this. Huh. I got this. <laughs> um, but looking back at that, that was definitely a very, <laughs> a very like prideful way of thinking about it. Yeah. But the yeah. more I thought about it and the more um, my peers were like considering taking it, I was like, you know what? There's, there's no harm in doing it. Hmm. Um there's really no harm in doing it. And I do, I want to be able to just kind of relearn the foundations of Christianity.
2: Right.
1: Um, so I did it and I think it was like a 10 week course, like once a week, two to three hours, we would just be able, it was a curriculum that they created so the this church mm. that created this fellowship was called Grace Point. They're okay. still in the Bay area. Yeah. Um, but they did this 10 week basic Christianity course for us undergrad students. And as I was going through this course, um, I realized I had a lot of questions about Christianity and about Mm. God and about Jesus and about life and about sin. That I never had this curiosity inside of me and um, I just never had the guts to ask it. I think um, growing up in a Chinese American church, or mainly Chinese. All the aunties and uncles that I grew up with at that church were very Chinese cultural. Hmm. And it was very just go, go, go. But I felt like I was never, um, I never had the time and space to slow down and like ask the tough questions. Yeah. So finally when it was a 10 week course and I was surrounded by other people that were Christians or not Christians, yeah, trying to figure this Christianity thing out, I finally had the freedom to ask all these questions that I was like, whoa, is that, am I allowed to ask that? Will I offend anyone?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And that was when I realized, I was like, wow, now that I'm an adult, like, let me figure out if Christianity is something that is real for me. Because I grew up in a house that was Christian. I mean, third grade on, but now that I'm an adult, I'm a college student, I want to figure this out for myself. Yeah. Let me investigate seriously for myself. Um,
0: what were some of those questions? Oh,
1: my gosh. I'd love to know. Um, It's been so long, but I think I asked a lot about just, like, the Trinity. Hmm. Like, what is that? <laughs> why does that relate to me? Um, I mean, the obvious question of, like, man, this world is, like, so sucky. How can God allow so much suffering? Um, why does Jesus have to die such a painful death? for all of humanity aren't there other ways to do it Mm. and I think for me too I was just I was just having to wrestle with the fact that there was nothing I could do with my hands and feet to earn salvation and that was something that I had to talk out loud over and over again to uh, other sisters and brothers to the leaders and just realizing like yeah if he's God and if he like truly loves us he had to do something that was so unexpected in terms of the world standard right to redeem us in this way it's crazy it's absolutely crazy but <laughs> and like sometimes like yeah it's just crazy but yeah. I mean um and just going through those questions um,
2: mm.
1: um, yeah and at the end of the ten week course I realized that I I am a sinner that is in need of this Jesus. And as much as I know a lot of head knowledge in terms of the Bible stories and in terms of praying and in terms of serving and in terms of just the general things about church, um, yeah. I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus. And at the end of the 10-week course, I was like, I need, I need you, God. I need you. <laughs>
0: wow.
1: Yeah, so that's when he slapped me across the face. Love it. Like, hey, (laughs) hey, like, you can't can't... keep living life like this. Like, you need me. Yeah. And I want you. So I rededicated my life back to God. Yeah, like Hmm. sophomore year. I think it was sophomore year. And it has been such a learning experience since. (laughs) Wow. Just to put it in such general terms here. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll get there. We'll get more specific. That's what we do. <laughs> Yay! We, we peel the onion. <laughs> oh, dear.
1: Here we go. Here we go. That's so cool. I
0: love I, I love that uh, there, there's a testament to these these college campus organizations. They catch a lot of flack sometimes for being too culturally relevant and too cool and like, where's the gospel? But this one sounds like they really, they, they, like you said, they created a space where it was safe for you to actually ask those questions, right? Mm-hmm. It's a bummer that that those don't exist more frequently. I think, because everybody has the you know all the same sets of questions. I think people pretty much wonder, like most people get to a point where they're like, hey, like, was Jesus real? <laughs> like, did he actually die?
1: Sure.
0: Was he he was God and a man? Like, yeah. what is that?
1: Like, what is that? Yeah. Like,
0: the flood, really? Like you want me to believe this? Like the Red Sea? Like all the, there's a lot of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't feel like, like, oh gosh, if I if I doubt these things, then I'm gonna be seen as dumb or unholy or outcast or something like that. So I'm I'm overjoyed to hear that you had a spot where you could ask those questions. Yeah, so cool.
1: Yeah, I think being in the Bay Area just being blessed with a lot of great churches um, that are willing to invest in seeing that college students, like every population needs Jesus. Everyone, the whole world needs Jesus. (laughs) Um, But college is really a time that people's curiosity peaks. Yeah. Whether it's trying a new hobby or whether it's partying, alcohol and drugs. Unfortunately, I just have to say that because let's be real here. And then whether it's about like different religions or whether it's dating or whether it's like trying out a new major or a new job or a new internship. So Mm. it is really a great time for to realize, oh, I'm independent. I am a young adult. I am able to choose what I want to do. Yeah. And um, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's always a time when because I I work with our high schoolers, too. Mm -hmm. So that's always a tense time. The, yeah. the year after high school, because we've known them a lot of times since they were little mm-hmm. and they grow up and we've seen them take these steps of faith. And, you know, I've even baptized a couple and they go off to college and you're like, OK, just like, let's see what happens now. Because sure. <laughs> like, once, you know, it, like you said, you're you're figuring yourself out. Yeah. Like you're independent. No one no one tells me when to get up or where to go. What to think and what to say, except like professors, but that's different. <laughs> right. yeah. Got to
1: do my own laundry, make my own peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> like, come make on. Own,
0: make your own ramen. <laughs> what a thought. <laughs> I know. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, side note, what was your major?
1: Kinesiology.
0: Kinesiology. Uh, define that for less civilized humans who don't know what <laughs> that is, like like me. <laughs> no, that is not true. Uh, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Ryan. It's a big word. It's... You can't even fit that on a Scrabble board. What it,
1: it actually is a big word. And I have never put it on a Scrabble board, but I will try <laughs> next time if I've got those letters. <laughs> so, kinesiology is the study of human body movement.
0: Oh, okay. So, Biomechanics. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got so, it. a
1: lot of people, they want to go to med school, nursing school, physical therapy, chiropractor, sports medicine...
0: Okay Physical
1: training You can do a lot with it
0: Got it Yeah Okay That makes sense Yes I get it now mm-hmm. I think I already knew that But I need you to remind me No that's okay <laughs> Okay No worries uh, So now you're a sophomore in college Learning kinesiology
2: mm-hmm.
0: And you're a, a born again Rededicated follower of Christ Yeah get a sip That's okay She's drinking water everybody <laughs>
1: lot of talking in these things. (laughs) I know.
0: So what did it, what did it look like from there? Uh, just perspective wise patterns and ways of thinking, like what, what kind of began to change for you in that?
1: I think for me, for me, the next two years were, or actually I was a super senior. So I studied at SF state for about, or for five years. Um, so then the next three years, um, it was a lot of just struggling, striving to live my life out for God um, yeah. while studying the Bible and while being a part of this community with brothers and sisters in Christ. So for about two years, I lived in a house of four or five other sisters. Okay. And man, it was very, it was a very, very good life lesson filled experience living with them
0: sisters as in fellow believers yes yeah
1: and um actually that is not the case there were some that were unbelievers but it was just people that were part of our fellowship and we decided to live together i see um and we opened up our house to other brothers and sisters to come study to have dinner to crash on her couch, to take a nap on her carpet, (laughs) whatever it was. Right. But it was also learning to love them and to love my housemates as well, Um, the Mm. way that Jesus has loved people in the Bible and loves us today as well. Um, So I feel like for me, like, yeah, there's definitely joys in terms of – or pros in terms of living by yourself, but I was definitely put um, out of my comfort zone living in a house with that many bodies. Mm sharing one bathroom too by the way. Oh
0: no, no no no.
1: Um but
0: with with, with five girls?
1: I think it was five, yeah. One and bathroom. Then, and then we also had sleepovers too. So I would wake up sometimes oh, go to dude. the kitchen and then there's like four people in sleeping bags <laughs> in our living room. Who are
2: you? <laughs>
1: like, if oh. someone invited you in, okay. Like no worries. Um and we just wanted it to be a a fun house but also like a safe house for people too um and that house we went through a lot of a lot of a lot of topics um Mm. we had a lot of girls that came in that were christian solid christians or people that were non-believers but they were interested in christianity and they would just come over and we would talk hours about god and jesus Um, I think I can share about this. We've had a lot of girls that struggle with body image and like eating disorders, um, people that were depressed and suicidal. And I know for us, we're not professionals (laughs) in terms of dealing with these things, but we really tried to be a house of sisters that loved other brothers and sisters in the best way that we could in terms of our limited life experiences. That's
0: perfect. That's all you're called to do, right?
1: and it was really eye-opening to see like wow like no matter what socioeconomic status you come from
2: Mm.
1: um... how intelligent you are i don't know what the world's like crazy statuses are but we just had so many people of different ethnicities different personalities different majors just come through our house and just try to love them and it was through that experience that i realized like wow like that's actually a great way to reach out to people instead of just talking about the Bible or like, you have to believe this because this is what the Bible says. (laughs) But it's actually a lot through your actions and being genuine and just being open.
0: Genuine. (laughs) Genuine. Keep going, sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He had a moment there, you guys. I got it. Um, But just being real with people um, and just... Yeah, and just being like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm no different than you. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I also want you to be able to be open-minded just like I am trying to be with you, and let's have conversation. Let's yeah. try to be in each other's lives. And it was a really, really good living and learning experience through that.
0: It's a missionary experience is what it is, right? <laughs> On I mean, a
1: college campus, kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And that, that's the, the cool thing about this is – we're not required to be Bible scholars or professional evangelists yeah. or, or whatever. Like God calls us right where we're at. And the thing is that a Bible scholar wouldn't actually be able to access those people. Right. They, they're not interested in that. They want to know you because they know you and you're yeah. a real person and you invite them in. Like that's, that's the cool thing about the calling to evangelize is that a lot of times you don't actually have to go and evangelize. You could just sit there and be Christ-like, and people will find you the way they're supposed to, right? Hmm. That's so neat. Yeah. What they're, a cool house. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, it was It was just, yeah, it was actually just such a blessing. Not only did I learn a lot, but I was also able to, like, it's an exchange, right? Yeah. It's like a life exchange between human beings, Um, but it was great that God could use me in that way, but God also taught me a lot through my college years. Yeah. My faith grew exponentially.
0: (laughs) What were some of the challenges uh, being at San Francisco College and being a Christian?
1: Um, As you know, San Francisco, I would say like the first thing that comes to my mind is like just just being super liberal um, yeah. so we yeah. have a lot of people that are very opinionated in terms of hot topics mm. like LGBT oh, um, yeah.
2: yeah
1: in terms of <laughs> yeah, a lot of people that were like very opinionated about like politics yeah and just like how to how to like um like we all have our own opinions and it's hard to be, It's very hard to be open-minded, actually. It was something that I really had to learn, and I still learn today, is just being a good listener. Mm. Um, But just a lot of hot topics in San Francisco. It's like a melting pot. Pot, not plot. Pot of everyone. Um, And that was really hard at times when people were very fired up and you want to be kind and (laughs) want to share, you know. You know, we don't have to talk about God or Jesus, but just yeah. being able to love them. But um, just realizing, like, yeah, like there are difficult people out there, and sometimes um, if it's not worth the fight, then you have to walk away from people.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, because I know for me, when I lived in that house, I was like, okay, we're on a mission here. You know, you got to reach every <laughs> single person. Yeah. But I quickly realized that that's um, that's not possible, um, and that. Um, God will definitely give you people that are more open Hmm. to just being friendly or even, hopefully, to wanting to learn more about God. But there are people that are just you come across and they're just, ooh.
0: (laughs) Yeah, hostile. Yeah. Yeah, I've Um, I've encountered several, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, Um, uh, It's interesting that, like, yeah, it's not like we ever write anyone off. You know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like, oh, there's no way God can't get you. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, you can't force somebody to get something or understand. Like, just yeah. listen. Like, if someone doesn't want to listen, you're like, okay, well, I'll I'll be here when you do. And sure. <laughs> great, you know?
1: Or we could just be good acquaintances, yeah. good classmates, just cordial, respectful right. human beings to each other.
0: And they're watching anyway, really, if they know... You know that you're one of those people. Like everybody, kind of has this. <laughs>
2: those people. You're one of
0: those those church people. Sure. Right. Like everyone has this idea of what those are supposed to look like, hmm. and so that, yeah, they that that's what worked on me when when I because I was one of those like outspoken. I hate everything religious. Bible, stupid. Jesus huh. wasn't real. Like ah, you're an idiot. No, that was oh. that guy. Okay. Uh, but you know the guy who ended up like witnessing to me. You know, he blew his cover with me. You know, I'm, I and, go to church. Yeah. yeah. And, and I watched him for a while after that and I sure. saw things that were different. And that, that's like the conversation we all hope to have is the one that's like someone asks you, like, So, why are you this way? Hmm. Why are you different? Why doesn't this bother you like it bothers me? And then he got to tell me. Yeah. So that's, there's no one too far, right? Sure right yeah but it seems like it (laughs) once in a while Mm. yeah um so keep going with the 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 house you're witnessing to people and like for two more years of college right yeah yeah
2: um
1: yeah it wasn't easy i mean we all have our ups and downs i mean living in a house with that many people conflict arises miscommunication arises yeah um we're human beings
0: bathroom conflict
1: Bathroom. Who took my food out of the fridge? Why isn't this clean? I can go on and on and on and on, and it's normal. It's normal. And um, just because we're Christians doesn't mean like we're not gonna yeah. <laughs> go through conflict or n- not be loving to each other in right. some some sense. So it was really a trial and error in terms of learning how to love one another, but also like, hey, if this really bothers us, like
2: mm. you
1: could bring it up in a loving way. So it was yeah. just a lot of. Um, it was like a testing ground for me, and life is still a testing ground for me, but um, I was just so, yeah, looking back at it, it's something I don't take for granted, and mm. I'm still very, very close with those sisters that I lived with, even though I don't go to church with them anymore. Yeah. Um, so I did that for two years, and then I actually, my super senior year, I decided to be an RA in the dorms because okay. it was compensated housing and food, so why not?
0: Yeah. Dude, in <laughs> the Bay um, Area, that's pretty good. Yeah.
1: Um, I just couldn't afford to live with the sisters anymore, so I decided to be an RA. Um, And that was a really great learning experience, too, um, in that I didn't get a lot of sleep. There was a lot of conflict (laughs) that had to be resolved, but um, it was a great learning experience. One of my most... If I have to look back at my life in terms of all the jobs I've ever had, it definitely ranks pretty high up there for me.
0: As in the ones you like or were challenging the most? Both both
1: yeah um liked fun and it was rewarding good and bad yeah
0: and this wasn't you weren't like an ra in a christian dorm right this was general population (laughs) it was most certainly
1: (laughs) human being general population um i had shoot um me and another male ra we shared we had what 80 residents on an entire floor
2: whoa
1: um and to make sure that everyone well-being was okay was definitely a struggle at times yeah um because i think for me it wasn't i didn't have to or i'm sorry let me collect my words here um i realized quickly that i didn't have to be best friends with them i was their ra Mm. um but i also wanted to be at a place with them that was open like my 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 couch is open to you. My right. door is able to be knocked on if you ever need anything. And I just wanted to develop that kind of, that kind of um, person, personal relationship with them in a the sense. Hmm. But it, was, it also had to be professional because this was my job. Um,
0: Interesting line to walk. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it was a great learning experience. And yes, I had compensated housing and food for a year. So that was great. Score helped offset a lot of costs my last year. Yeah. Um, didn't, didn't really help with my sanity, but it's okay. <laughs> jobs are jobs. You know? Yeah. 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 So I graduated finally. Praise the Lord. Oh man. When I walked
0: <laughs> super senior, <laughs> my gosh.
1: Yeah. It's just, um, it's just, yeah, there's just a lot of pressure in terms of graduating in four years nowadays because right. of costs. Right. It's like the first and foremost thing. It's oh, yeah. Like, how can I afford another whole academic year? But yeah. for me, I changed my major, and it was just like a lot. I changed my major to kinesiology, actually.
0: Okay. What was it originally? Undeclared. Undeclared. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: I was undeclared for the first two years, and then you get those harassing emails from the university. Right. Like, it's time. It's hey. time. <laughs> you got to choose a major. Like You're going to be a junior. So. That's
0: fine. Everyone changes it anyway. You might as well going undeclared. Sure. Um,
1: and it was, it was, uh, yeah, for the longest time, I just didn't know what to do. And I just didn't think that that was okay because Mm. everyone around me seemed like they knew what to do, but yeah. And it's just, it's just hard. But when I chose kinesiology, I was just so glad like that I enjoyed the classes that I was taking. Some I didn't, but, um, I knew that once I had that major, I would figure out what to do next. Right. Let me just graduate and then figure out what I want to do next, take a step-by-step.
0: Step. Yeah. So after graduation, what what did life leave you? <laughs> where, where are you at?
1: Um, after graduation uh, with a kinesiology major, I decided that I wanted to do physical therapy. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go to grad school. It was a dream of mine to go into this field because I felt like I'd be really good at it. I loved my anatomy and physiology classes and i wanted to help people. Yeah. Those were the top 3 things. So i spent the next 2 years prepping to apply to graduate schools. Okay. Which a lot of people out there i don't think they know this, but it's really hard, very time consuming, <laughs> very heard. financially very costly. Um and i what life looked like for me the next 2 years was it was going to community college, and then also working part-time at a physical therapy clinic.
0: Get right up on that thing. (laughs) We're losing you. There you go. (laughs) Okay,
1: I'm back, I'm back.
0: He's back, there you go.
1: Um, I worked part-time at a physical therapy clinic. I was a full-time student at a local community college. I was also volunteering at a local hospital to make sure I was getting hours. And it was just really, really, really hectic. Yeah. Um,
0: Not a lot of sleep in the cracks of that schedule right
1: not a lot of sleep yeah um another very important um aspect of my story too and i don't really share this very often was back in 2012 so when i was a junior when i was a junior in Mm -hmm. college uh my dad he suffered three strokes hemorrhagic strokes Ooh. And it was really hard on our family because yeah. he was hospitalized and for that entire month, we just didn't know if he was gonna make it. Hmm. Um, but praise the Lord, he, um, he slowly made it. Uh, he went through very intensive rehab, very intensive one month rehab afterwards and he came back home.
2: Okay. So
1: when I graduated from college and moved back home, it was a complete shocker to me because on top of everything else I was doing, uh, as I was prepping for applying to physical therapy graduate schools, yeah. I also had the duties and responsibilities of being a daughter at home. Yeah. Um, and that was something that I was just really shocked by. And I became so, so overwhelmed that it was actually one of the lowest points of my life was mm. that year.
0: Was, was he left with deficits or, or so you had to care for him in certain ways?
1: Um, in the beginning, yeah. yeah. He wasn't able to walk for more than certain meters. Um, his memory was really, really rough. Mm. Um, and it's understandable because his brain has been yeah. attacked three major times. Right. Um, just a lot of other things, too. Life was not the same. And I really had to accept that he was my dad, mm. but he's also not my dad now in a sense that he mm. survived, you know this yeah these health attacks these health scares um so emotionally physically mentally um I can say spiritually too it was just really hard I felt like um yeah that was just one of the lowest points in my life and I actually because of the stress and because of Everything that was just like thrown in, in my path all at yeah. once in front of me, I had I had to actually start um, seeing a psychologist. Yeah. Or no, a psychiatrist. I'm sorry. A psychiatrist. That's, that's the
0: official version. Of a psychologist. No. I
1: was like, there's so many, P S Y C H, and then. Blah, blah, blah. You're spelling it. You're spelling it again.
0: <laughs> Stop that. <laughs>
1: But I had to start seeing a psychiatrist because I just didn't know what to do with my life anymore. Yeah. I was just so overwhelmed and just so exhausted. Mm. Um, and it was really helpful to see a professional because she was not a relative. She was not a friend. Yeah. She, I don't know if she's Christian or not. And it was someone that was unbiased and could also guide me in a professional but also a personal way. Mm. And that really helped um, With my depression yeah during those months
0: were you officially diagnosed at some point with that
1: yeah I was diagnosed with um, I don't know what the official term is but it's called I think it's something like situational depression it's more on the minor side right um, but it's when a major life event or something a major stress in your life is just thrown on you yeah you start exhibiting the signs and symptoms of yeah some of the signs and symptoms of depression
0: well, and it's not it's not really uncalled for in that circumstance, right sure. you're just like, yeah, I got a lot going through my head, the weight of the world on your shoulders, right mm-hmm. like that's hard to it's hard to bear, yeah, all that, wow,
1: that was right when I moved back, yeah, it wasn't the welcome uh, the home the welcoming <laughs> welcome back home that I wanted, but right. it was um it's how God wrote my story, yeah, um yeah.
0: So how did you come out of that? What, what did it? I'd assume you're not currently depressed. You don't, you don't appear to be. Yeah.
1: um, no, it's okay. Um, it, it took about half a year, honestly. Yeah. Um, beginning to end, seeing a psychiatrist, opening that part of my life to family and friends, like, Hey, I'm struggling. Yeah. I need help. I need help from a psychiatrist but I also need you guys to know this and walk with me through this and hmm. um, and she was and she really 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 encouraged me to start working out um, because I'm a kinesiology <laughs> major um, yeah <laughs> and I've never really worked out in my life I'm not athletic by any means but she really encouraged me to just get out there and just find things that interested my life and through her encouragement and through lots and lots and lots of prayer hmm. Um, and tears from loved ones in my life, I got out of that hole. Huh. Um, yeah, I think I think it's just one of those things where it just hit me, and I'm like, man, this sucks right now. Mm. How do I get out of this suckiness? Um, and yeah, it was just through it was just, yeah, I just can't stress it enough, like just the support of people around me yeah. makes. Makes or breaks a lot of things in life. And this was one of the things where it just made it for me.
0: Community. mm mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And just being, um, and just having people, like when I told them, not being judged too. Mm. I think um, because at first I'm like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think of me if I'm right. this honest with them? But just being like, I'm struggling right now. This is what I'm going through and I just need help. I need something. Mm. <laughs> Um so that was my year. Half a year to a year after I moved back home from college.
0: <sighs> so now you're <laughs> Yeah. You got me all like anxious for you. Ugh. Man.
1: It's okay. This was back in like 2014-15, so yeah. it's been a while. Yeah. Cuz we're in 2018 now, right, Ryan? Oh, we're going to almost uh, 19. Almost...
0: I know. Woo-hoo. Two two days? What is today?
1: Yeah, in two three days is wow. the 28th, I think.
0: Wow. I can't believe 2020 is like almost there. Oh my gosh. It's a year and two days away. What? Uh, what? Yeah. <sighs> I graduated high school 19 years ago. What <laughs> the heck?
1: Why do you have that look on your face? I'm
0: not happy about <laughs> it. Dang it.
1: But you age so gracefully. Thank you. You really do. Thank you. I mean, if you told me that you were 32 for like two, three, five years. I stayed there. <laughs> I would believe you. There Gosh. would be no questions asked. Yeah, Ryan's 32.
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I feel like I froze at 27. <laughs> I'm just going to stay there. <laughs> yeah. I stopped maturing at 13. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, so... Yeah, that you know the the whole subject of depression is such an interesting one in Christian circles, I think. Hmm. Uh, cuz it seems like you have two camps a lot of times with it where one says um just pray more. <laughs> just read your bible more. Just like God will take it away. Give it to God. Give it to God. Give it sure. to God. Yeah. Like, what what is that? Like what does that mean? I don't I don't know. Uh-huh. And then the other one is like, no, this is completely uh an in your head issue, you know, that has nothing to do with spirituality, you know, don't pray about it. Like that's not gonna help, you know. And then and it it seems like hmm. in, in the real world and in your story it's kinda somewhere in the middle. Whereas like there's yeah, there's legitimate counseling. There's tools that an educated, like trained person could give you that will like help you think about this better. Like they yeah. process better. And then on the other end, there's the community of support and love and Christ likeness of acceptance and grace. Mm-hmm. Right. That and in the middle, there you go. And it, it, it bothers me when I see people stuck on one side or the other. So i I'm like, just come to the middle a little bit and that there's more here for you than that. Sure. It's yeah.
1: just, it's just so hard because depression is something that is not talked of a lot. And The human brain is, we're still, like, figuring out and learning and discovering so many things about it. Yeah. But I think as long as, or as Christians, we try to be as loving and open and understanding of people that are struggling with various mental disorders, physical disorders, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah, there's really no, like... There's really no like, yeah, you know, like law, like manual or like law of the land of how to like for sure do it.
0: Everyone's different. Act, yeah. How did the exercise element help or hurt? Hmm. What do you think? What did you end up doing? Did you just run around or swim? <laughs> what would you do?
1: Man, I did everything. So I <laughs> bought a gym membership, which in a million years not that i would ever live a million years but i'm like i'm never paying money to go work out like that is absolutely so stupid (laughs)
0: i could find heavy things somewhere (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) lift up your dog like you know i the the thought of paying money to (laughs) suffer is like so stupid or was so stupid to me (laughs) but she's like The next time you, or my psychiatrist was like, the next time you come back to our session, you better have a gym membership. And I was like,
0: She just laid it down like that. Yeah. Wow.
1: Well, she's also pretty young, um, just graduating graduate school. So she was, she was like a big sister to me. Mm. And I really appreciate that about her. And she's young and hip and in it. And it was just really nice to have someone relatable. Yeah. To be my psychiatrist. Um, it hurt because my body started hurting, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it'll do that. (laughs) Um, but I joined the gym. I started just experimenting with the machines, with the tools there. I joined all the classes, just trying out everything from weights to yoga, Mm. to Zumba, to, to Zumba, to body combat, which is like a (laughs) martial arts mixed class. (laughs) Um, and I try to figure out what I enjoyed, um, while getting a good workout. Yeah. But I think most importantly for me, the benefits of being in the gym is just being away from the world, Hmm. being away from being a student, being a daughter, being at church, even being away Hmm. from people. And that is one, my one hour to just clear my brain and just get a good sweat on. Um, being away from my phone, being away from the demands of life. Hmm. Um, And I just really needed that. And when I discovered that, I realized, like, yeah, it's actually very good to have that consistently in your life, to clear your brain because it's something that you're doing for yourself. Yeah. And in some sense, it's selfish, but it's also, like, a beneficial selfishness. And um, I have continue going to the gym and i still pay money <laughs> still pay to money work to out
2: be tortured
1: i also because the bay area is <laughs> awesome in terms of the weather i i like mix it up uh, go yeah. hiking or just go, i don't right. really hike anymore but i go running at the creek next to my house so yeah it's my half an hour to one hour of just zoning the world out and just giving something back to my body and my brain and myself
0: yeah. i'm so glad you put it that way i've been trying to explain that what you just said to people forever. And I've never been able to put it together that way. That was great. That was great. Thanks. Because I I feel the same way. It's like, Mm -hmm. I think so much of life is so hectic. Yeah. And there's so much activity that it's almost like you have to just exhaust your energy to like just calm down. (laughs) It's like a tranquilizer almost, which is weird. Yeah. It's like the opposite effect. Like I just... You know, I just did this crazy workout and I'm exhausted. I'm laying on the ground, <sighs> and you're like, "Oh, thank you," <laughs> like I needed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way. I'm gonna pull that little clip out. I'm gonna use it as a, like a motivational like track for workouts. So oh. We could sell it. And now a word from our sponsor, 24 Hour Fitness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you go to 24 too?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm a. I I I got into one of their all gym memberships like years ago. So it's no.
1: So you have a lockdown.
0: Dang, yeah, so that's I it.
1: need to get on that.
0: Anywhere in the world, I can go for the same price. Goodness gracious. And they give you a towel. It's amazing. I Although know. Although, at, at the mall, they stopped giving towels out, which is a bummer. What? I know. Because people kept leaving them all gross, like curled up in the corners of things. Like, Gym just, etiquette is real, you guys. Nasty. Like
1: Just practice it. Come on now.
0: Cave people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. So after so did you end up going to graduate school? Did that that happened? Okay. It,
1: it did not actually. Oh it didn't. I'm okay. nodding because it's
0: You understand the question.
1: You're no, you're so great at like just following the sequences <laughs> of my life. So like I said, I took two years to prep and apply to graduate schools. Okay. Uh, the first time I applied I got or I got rejected from all the schools what it's very competitive now yeah. just anything in the medical field i think um it's just getting harder and harder more mm. and more expensive yeah more and more harder <laughs> um so yeah i got rejected because um, it is a doctorate program now too so it's even wow. i guess the degree is even more okay.
0: so it's not a, a master's level really it's it, a
1: it used to be about seven years ago yeah gosh or maybe more Okay.
0: uh, Yeah. How long is the graduate school?
1: So typically they're about three years, two to three years, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) that's a lot of school. It is. Okay.
1: It is. Um, So when I got rejected the first cycle or got rejected from all the schools, I was like, okay, what can I do the next cycle to stand out, to be a better applicant? Right. So, I took more classes to increase my GPA. I retook my GREs, which is like the SAT of grad schools. Yeah. So, I retook that test to get kind of a higher score, not that much. It was like okay. one or two points. Um, and I also did something pretty dang crazy.
2: Okay. <laughs> what?
1: I decided to join the Army National Guard. Um, yeah.
2: There it is. Go Army. Go Army. <laughs> Go Army.
1: <laughs> Go Army. Um, and for me, the reason why I joined was because I saw it as just such a pro in terms of apply or in terms of paying off this super ridiculous, expensive education.
0: Because they compensate you for National Guard? They do. Yeah.
1: Um, it's, um, when I was talking to my recruiter, it was a pretty big chunk over, over half of tuition they would have paid for it. Yeah. And while you're... While you're a part-time soldier, you also get a monthly stipend, so that would have helped. Right, it's not that big, but it's it's something. Um, So I would have been a part-time soldier while being a full-time student, if that were the case.
0: How do you make this jump (laughs) to go from kinesiology graduate school? Da da da. -da, Army National Guard. (laughs) Like, how did that come about? Like, did a recruiter just? pitch it to you right or are you sitting at home we saw a commercial <laughs> they have inspiring music for army. I've heard their theme song their
1: ads are just very patriotic you
0: want to go fight something <laughs> yeah Let's you do
1: <laughs> you do um, For me it was after meeting the recruiter it was about a year-long process a lot of praying a lot of talking to people in my life like hey is this a good idea yeah um, what are the pros and cons of it? Um, looking back at it, I really wish that I had someone that had military background in my life so I could really talk with them in terms of how it's changed their life Mm. and what that commitment really looks like for them. But I didn't. Um, and for me, it was a lot, again, like I said, a lot of prayer, a lot of talking to people, people in my life. I mean, my parents immediately were like, nah, yeah. (laughs) They're <laughs> not going to do this. Like we'll refinance the house, we'll take out loans, we'll make this work for you. And I knew that that would just not really be possible with them in terms of yeah. the retirement season of life that they're in right now. Um, so just really outweighing the pros and cons and praying at the end of the one at the end of the year of like just really like molding this in my brain. I realized like you know what God. Um, There's a lot of pros and cons In terms of whether I do this or not, but I'm just gonna trust you because I There's nothing with my own two hands and feet that are gonna guaranteed me That it's gonna be a hundred percent beneficial and that it's gonna work out. Yeah And when I realized that I knew immediately I was like, I think God wants me to do this I don't know why I don't even freaking like wearing camo, (laughs) but I'm going to do it because I want God to walk me through this season however he wants to. I'm going to just give him, give myself to him, whatever that looks like, whether I get into PT score or not, whether I even qualify to do the Army National Guard or not. So I signed up and unfortunately I did qualify.
0: (laughs) (laughs) qualify as in like what what's that i I know zero about recruiter national anything that's so, okay go ahead
1: so with the military um it's i mean it's not too intensive it's only intensive if you have a lot of things going on in your life but as long as you don't have a criminal background you have to pass some physical aspects of it okay there is an, i don't want to call it academic but there is a test te- knowledge knowledge test okay um that you have to take which was like almost five hours long oh Oh my gosh I was in that computer lab like dying (laughs) I was like when can I quit um but there's a lot of hoops that you have to go through before they finally even put that contract in front of you okay um and it was a pretty dang long contract and I remember signing it and I was like okay god this is all you I can't believe I'm doing this I got sworn in And then two months later, I was shipped out to Fort Jackson, South Carolina for my basic combat training. Wow. It was a very short window.
0: That's amazing. Yep. Okay. Hang on to something. Here we go.
1: (laughs) And simultaneously at the same time, right before I went to basic combat training, I had a interview in San Diego for PT school. So the timing of everything was just so close. And I just remember throughout all of it, I was like, oh my gosh, God, like, you want me to go to this school and you want, you know, and I was like excited and I was just very hopeful in terms of getting kind of what I wanted out of all of this.
0: Wow. The dog is making noise. She's
1: so cute. She's a beautiful animal. She is so gorgeous.
0: Are you good now? Okay. (laughs) Man, so... How long was basic? Is it basic training? Is that what you call it? Yeah. Combat training? What what is ba- that?
1: It's basic. We just call it basic, but um, the full title of it is basic combat training.
0: What does that look like?
1: It's two months of hell. <laughs> it is.
0: We're losing you again. Here. Nah. There you go. <laughs> <I'm> just.
1: <laughs> it's two months of misery. Absolute misery.
0: Yay, more misery.
1: Um, <clears throat> everything you see in the movies is pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, it really depends on your cycle in terms of drill sergeants and season and whatnot. But um, the misery of it is is pretty spot on <sighs> when I see it in the movies and shows these days. Yeah.
0: And this is a mixed company, guys and girls together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Men and women? Yes, yeah. men and women. Or everything in between right yeah <laughs> um, Wow and it was how long ten weeks that we said
1: yeah two months yeah two
0: months two months of misery-hmm and then af- after the end of that you're officially a National Guard person or what what are you yeah
1: so after surviving that for <laughs> two months um, you you are officially an American soldier. You're you're in the Army. And then right after basic training, typically um, you go to AIT, which is your job specialty for the military. So we have people that are cooks. We have people that are infantrymen. They run around with guns. And then you have people like me. (laughs) Um, And my my MOS, my job specialty for the Army is 42 Alpha. It is a human resources specialist. Mm. So I do the administrative behind-the-scenes work for our Army.
0: Got it. Paperwork. Right. But there's a huge number of people all with different jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, mm-hmm. I can imagine trying to keep track of all what's going on military wise is ridiculous.
1: Yeah. So with basic Yikes. combat training, everyone gets that same training, regardless of what your job specialty is. Even the is. cook. Yeah. <laughs>
0: he's got to, he's got to run and do mm-hmm. the push-ups and all that. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And
1: you don't get the same amount of sleep, whatever it right. is. And it's not until you survive that, you go into your actual job training.
0: Wow. Yeah. Do they did they have you shoot and stuff too? Do you have to like qualify with guns and everything? Oh is yeah. The, the G-word. Oh man.
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, we qualified with M4s. I don't know if you're familiar. Of course you're. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, look what's behind me. Yeah. It's my Christmas tree. Yeah. And...
2: <laughs>
1: so we qualified with M4s, which was I remember when they handed me the weapon in my head. I didn't say this because we were in basic, <laughs> we were in basic training. I was like, wait, we have to shoot. Wait, <laughs> wait, we have to, we have to have this weapon with us for the next six to eight weeks i remember saying that in my head because
2: you're kidding me (laughs) the
1: thing is i asked my recruiter about things but he's gosh darn (laughs) this guy too if he's listening it's okay but anyways he didn't tell me too much because he told me that he didn't want to He didn't want to tell me too much about basic because he wanted me to create that experience for myself. Yeah. As much as I hate him for not telling me that part, (laughs) um, I'm also very grateful because I think if he would have told me how his basic was, I would have had some level of expectation of what mine was. But he didn't tell me anything. He didn't tell me that we weren't going to have a lot of sleep. It was going to be miserable. It was going to be really hard. Yeah. I mean, he, he kind of hinted at it, but I, um, I was like, nah, it's not going to be that bad. Yeah, and then,
0: that's just the movies. <laughs>
1: like, it's all exaggerated. Oh, man. But it was one of, no, it is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Wow. That I've had to do. Not, not including, like, family, you know, family deaths or whatever, but it is yeah. one of the hardest things I've had to voluntarily do in my mm. life. Yeah.
0: So how did that change you? Because you said oh, it changes people, so I want to know. Yeah, surviving that.
1: Two things. Um, one thing was as a Christian, I was like, okay, I'm going into this misery land, and they strip you of everything. They take away not just your phone, but your civilian clothes, mm. your toothbrush and toothpaste. They ish- they give you have to buy theirs. Um, their underwear, their females, their bras, everything, socks, shoes, everything mm-hmm. has to be bought from there. So when I was stripped of everything that I owned, they took away, like they took away everything that I brought into Fort Jackson. Wow. I was like, wow, all I have that is mine is my relationship with God. Mm. When you're stripped of all your possessions like that. Um, the only thing that was tangible and that was mine in my heart and that was not touchable and the drill sergeants could never rip away from me was God and my relationship with God. Wow. And when I realized that, I was like, okay, God, I can do this. You and I, we can do this. I can do this. You will give me the strength that I need every day to do this. I didn't Mm. sleep for 24 hours. You're going to give me the strength to stay awake in those classes, to qualify (laughs) my weapons, to not join the conflict that's happening in that corner right there. You're going to help me. I trust you. Help me. And that was two months of that. And he did. And he did. He he performed (laughs) beyond my expectations. And that's another segue into the second thing I learned was that I'm a lot stronger than I think I am. Mm. I think when we live a very comfortable routine life here in our lives um, and when we're not challenged, whether it's, you know, ups or downs, hills and valleys in our lives, we become very comfortable and we underestimate our ability and most importantly, God's ability of what he can do in our life. Mm. Um, And I remember like, man, I just... I just climbed that wall. And I remember, like, sometimes those obstacle courses, I'm like, nah, I'm not doing this. And then you have a two drill sergeants behind you, like, Go. get your
2: yeah.
1: profanity, profanity, profanity.
0: Insert swear word here.
1: <laughs> you have to do it. Um, oh. And as long as I did my best, I'm not going to say I, I accomplished everything at basic training. There were a few physical things that I just couldn't do. Um, but... As long as I tried, and I really shocked myself, like, mm. wow, I actually did pretty well in that weapons qualification, even though I only got three hours of sleep last night. yeah. And then also realizing other people around me too like, okay, we're all mis- like we're all miserable right now. like let's just help each other out. This is not a competition. We're actually a mm. team now. And just really encouraging each other, um, it's like a game. It's like a, it's like a survival game. Like, you, you're just, literally, you're taking one step as you go. Like yeah. I survived yesterday, let me try to survive today, let me try to survive tomorrow, and beyond. Huh. Um, and I <clears throat> I had to learn how to play the game. Um, So, try, you know, not be disrespectful to the drill sergeants. Making yeah. sure you actually do what they tell you. Making sure you're actually paying attention so that you don't get your butt whooped later on when they ask you a question, like things like that. And I started learning how to go along with this game of theirs. Wow. Um, Yeah, I know it sounds crazy to people, but it's just an experience that um, it's like, yeah, it was just very life changing and very hard, but also very humbling in that that was another place that I met God in my life because I don't think I'll ever be... That, that miserable ever again. (laughs) Let's hope not. (laughs) Let's hope not. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. So would you say that it hardened you just mentally, emotionally? Like problems on this side of that probably don't seem as big, right? When you're, when you've been through that kind of thing.
1: Uh, What do you mean by harden in terms of?
0: Um. Just because I think of mm-hmm. going through something like that. You're like, okay, I I was pushed to my limit. Uh, I was forced like I had nothing left. I was only dependent on the grace of God and all these things. And like, okay, so on this side now, when you encounter a problem, a bad day, you know, a situation at work, does that kind of like... Attitude play into it now does that toughness come back like oh, you know what? I've been through things like this isn't so bad. I know what to do
1: Hmm I mean, i'll be honest with you. I guess not so much because time has it's been about it's been about almost two years since I went to basic training hmm. um, but a lot of other things have happened in my life, too um, but Yeah, I just can't compare to it. I would say though because of basic, I realize, like, I'm a lot tougher and yeah. a lot stronger than I think I am. Mm-hmm. But that's really all because of God. It's not by my own ability at right. all. Right. And I really, really try to give him that glory every time there is a, a, an accomplishment in my life or whatnot. Yeah. And I think it's all because of basic training, I would say. It's from that. Um, but, yeah, I would... I would say it's definitely encouraged me in some sense and like, okay, I've been through basic, but it's not that I can conquer the world because I've already (laughs) done basic. Right. But just realizing that I'm a lot stronger than I think I am and not giving into the lies
2: Mm. that Satan
1: might throw my way, but realizing Mm. always to turn my heart and my eyes to God instead when things are that hard and that miserable.
0: It's a pretty good lesson to pull away from that. Yeah. Uh, I I got a, a young guy that just graduated high school last year, mm-hmm. um, and his dream is to be a seal.
2: Why? Like that's
0: what he wants to do. I know, <laughs> I know. And uh, his name's Ethan. I'm I'm gonna tag him in this. I'm gonna talk about him. Why? So he. I'm kidding. I know. In in just like his prep for doing that. Yeah. Just like you're nuts. Like he's running miles and miles and miles and miles. Yeah crazy workouts like measuring his food he's like I, I'm trying to become the best possible mm-hmm. fighting machine that I can sure I'm Like, you're the perfect guy for this because you're nuts <laughs> and, crazy <laughs> and he, he said uh, going through basic was actually like a break <laughs> I know I'm like you are nuts he's like I'm, I'm afraid I'm gonna get soft going through basic because it's like too easy I've actually
1: heard... uh, He's not the first one to say that.
0: I know. It Um, blows my mind. I don't understand how that's possible. These mutant humans. (laughs) He's not a huge guy either, but he's like a chimp. He's just really strong. It's just like, ah, just mentally hard. Like, you shake his hand and it's like shaking like a rock. (laughs) What are you? Gosh. (laughs) A seal. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You're seal material. Yeah, well... Amazing.
1: Yeah, I think, um... Yeah, also just you just reminded me too, another thing about joining the military is just having a sense of responsibility and pride for the and just being blessed by the country that we live in. Mm. Um, I'm not a huge like politics person or not very educated in terms of what's even what's going on in America or in this right. world. But because I ever since I've become a soldier, I've definitely had A much, much, much more deeper appreciation in terms of the country that we live in.
2: Yeah.
1: Sure, we have a lot of, a lot of hot topics, a lot of high profile politicians right now that are just, (laughs) oh my, okay. We all know who these people, individuals, are. (laughs) Right. But the country that we live in is still the same, even Mm. though things are seemingly. Getting worse or more complicated or whatnot, but it right. is still just such a blessing to be in America. Yeah, um, we have a lot of resources, we have a lot of freedoms, we have a lot of rights that not everyone in this planet have.
0: No, very rare and <laughs> in, in the, the history of humans. To, yeah, yeah, and the
1: lives that we live are like, and even like being alive too is like something to be appreciative oh, yeah. of and something that we should be thankful for every single day. Yeah and um yeah wearing that uniform is is it's very hard sometimes because it's an inconvenience to the life I have here in Fremont because right. that means I have to go off um we can talk about it later in terms of what my job entails but yeah that's on the list when, <laughs> is that what you're writing down right now
0: <laughs> yeah i don't give away my secrets <laughs> i write i write notes <laughs>
1: When I say that he's taking mental notes, you guys. Mental, yeah.
0: <laughs> this is all off the cuff. There's right? no
1: yellow notepad and right. a Sharpie that's in front of him right now. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> But anyways, wearing that uniform is it is a it is a privilege and a blessing and also just realizing that I have an opportunity to serve our country.
2: Yeah. In
1: a super tiny way, but it's still serving our country. Um, but also that this is another population that God has opened me up to yeah in terms of the soldiers that I get to yeah. talk to access. be able to love them if they're interested in the gospel I can share my testimony with them and like just things like that this yeah. is just another group of people in my life that mean a lot to me as well
0: right yeah you you have access to people that no one else does right just because of who you are where you are
1: or people that yeah aren't in the military or Army National Guard
0: yeah. right so not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I'm, you know, I, I, I would change a lot of things about America, right? I mean, sure. Who wouldn't? You know, everyone asks, them, oh, if you were president, what would you do? Right. But at the same time, like, this is definitely, I think, the most successful experiment in, like, human freedom that the earth has ever seen. And it's, like, crazy that we're lucky enough to just have been born here. And, hey, you're a part of it now. <laughs> like, okay, great. <laughs> like, what are the
1: chances, right? Yeah, or, the, like, the, what are the God's plan in terms of putting people where yeah. their life is supposed to be?
0: Exactly, yeah. And then it, it, you know, from a Christian perspective, like, okay, this is a huge blessing. So what do you do with it? Hmm. It's not like, yay, I'm so great. You're like, God must like me more, so he blessed me this way. No, that's yeah, not it. No. Not you're... You're here for a reason. You have this advantage. You are this privileged American person for a reason. Hmm. And there's things that you can do no one else can do. Right. And yeah, you you discovered one of them. (laughs) It's like join the military and have access to this whole crazy world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was a decision that um, didn't make a lot of sense to my parents, to relatives and other people in my life. But it was the first time in my life where I was like, I actually don't really care what you have to say just because, <laughs> just because, like, let's say there are aunties and uncles that are genuinely concerned yeah. in terms of, well, the first thing, first and foremost, is being deployable. Yeah. Understandable. That's, that's any, uh, anyone <clears throat> that wears a uniform, um, yeah. But if they really didn't take the chance to try to understand where I was coming from in terms of my decision and also entrusting their fears and like my two, my fears entrusting trusting that to God, then yeah. I feel like their fear is not really valid or their opinions <laughs> are just not. They can have their opinions and I respect it, but I really tried to not let that affect my decision. And I, right. I was I want to say I was pretty thoughtful. Of course, there can always be like what ifs in terms yeah. of me doing more research or whatnot. But it was solely based on my just trust in God. And it was a huge risk. Some people see it as really dumb, very irresponsible. Um, and I can't say I don't agree with that. In that, it, it, it <laughs> There are times where I'm like, this is dumb. This is irresponsible. Yeah, me, what huh? did I do? But I... I always I always also think like, Wow, God has placed me here for a reason. I qualified, I survived basic combat training. This is my part time job now. Hmm. Like God, I trust you with it. Even though it's not ideal. Even though I can be deployed. Even though that means I can be in a combat zone because I'm deployed. Hmm. Whatever those fears are, I I'm I'm like for the viewers that can't see right now, I'm like putting my arms Putting our hands up.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: just give it to God. I, yeah, yeah, I don't know how else to say it, but that.
0: Yeah. So what does your current, like since then, what does it look like to be a national guard person? Do you have, is it like two days a week or is it like two months a year? How does that work out? Like, what do you do?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. So, so just to give you some background, the United States Army has three tiers, Active, Reserve, National Guard. Okay. Active is your full-time soldier. Yeah. Um, whether you're stationed overseas or in the States. It's so funny because for me, I was like, oh, we have, you always see on TV, like we have soldiers overseas, but yeah. we actually need protection here in the country as well. Yeah. And I never thought about that. So I was like, okay. It was, it was a great learning experience to get to learn more about our country's military. So active soldier is full-time soldier. Reserves is part-time soldier. So typically when you are in the reserves, you do one weekend a month drill. So it's a training, whether it's training about what's going on in our country right now or various things about your job or qualifying with your weapons or camping outside and learning, like, you know, outdoor skills. Survival stuff. Yeah.
0: And so you do those things. Yeah. That's cool. (laughs) So
1: that's the reserves. Um, But the thing is, with the reserves, you are kind of the second level line of defense in terms of if our commander in chief, a.k.a. President Trump, just needs an army of people for whatever reason. Yeah. The active and the reserves are.
0: So you get pulled in.
1: The first two to be activated. Okay. The third level is National Guard, which is what I'm in. Okay. Um, yes, or kind of similar to the reserves. We are part-time soldiers, and we also do one weekend a month drills. So we do various trainings. Mm. We do the same outdoor military skills. We qualify with our weapons. Sometimes we sit in a classroom and learn different skills. Mm. We learn about what's going on in the world. Whatever it is, right? Um, it changes every month. Um, But the thing about the California National Guard is we're actually soldiers that are mainly based for the state that we live in. So California National Guardsmen are activated when there are state of emergencies.
2: Uh, So
1: with the recent wildfires that have been happening, um, I haven't heard of any mudslides yet, but they were also anticipating mudslides that happen. Um, in November and December, every time it yeah. pours and rains really hard, hmm. we also get activated for that.
0: Have Have you been activated for fires and stuff before? I have. Cool. Which one?
1: Um, oh my gosh. I feel like there's been so many. Um, <laughs> last year, I know I did. No, it was actually beginning of this year in June. I did a few of the SoCal fires. Okay. I did Napa. I did Redding also this past year. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, they all start to mix
0: together a little bit. It's just fire. It's a lot of burning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what does it? What does that look like? You're 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 doing your thing, which is the human resources logistical people movement. Yes. In the context of fighting a fire, in conjunction with other state agencies, right? So yeah. your Cal, mm-hmm. Cal Fire, mm-hmm. various cities plug into.
2: Yeah.
0: Has FEMA involved at all? probably.
1: So, um, I'm not really sure about that, but I do know that for a lot of our trainings, we FEMA works with us to create those trainings. Right. So just like you said, um, every time a fire happens, we immediately get activated or, um, units that they see are fit and needed for these wildfires get activated. Right. Um, so for me, I do more of the behind the scenes stuff. We need soldiers that are actually out there alongside firefighters law enforcement
2: yeah
1: we work with cal fire we work with the department of forestry we work with a lot of other agencies yeah um i actually didn't even know this but there are actual like we have city firefighters we also have county firefighters and we also have state firefighters yeah it's so crazy to me yeah i know this is so (laughs) embarrassing to say this out loud but i did not
0: why why would you think of it if you're not there. Right? Sure, but yeah. it
1: just goes to show like the magnitude in terms of just to keep our state safe Or yeah. in the case of state emergencies It's gonna be a busy season for these guys or gals. Oh, yeah, so we work with all of them So there are soldiers that are Specifically their job their job specialty is to work with these firefighters mm. and for my job As a 42 alpha we make sure that these soldiers show up We make sure that these soldiers get paid We make sure that these soldiers get, and this is like behind the scenes stuff, but they get enough MREs or actual food or porter potties or do we have enough cots for them? Or Hmm. making sure that they are getting taken care of while they're busy supporting and fighting these fires. Um, Yeah, Because it's so funny because when you work overtime or you're working, they also need to eat. They also need to sleep (laughs) if possible. They also need to get paid. They also need to, hey, like, you're, you've you been gone for this many days. Oh, you also have, like, kids back home. Do you need to kind of go back and, like, help out your your spouse? Whatever yeah. it is. So there's a lot of taking care of soldiers that needs to be done. Yeah. During the chaos.
0: Yeah. Well, and they are super chaotic because it's a moving thing, you know, and the fire is burning this way and that way. You see the maps, are all jagged. And- yeah can you get anybody here? Like, so you have groups here, groups there, people moving in between, uh, that, that whole thing is like, it seems nuts to me. Yeah. And thankfully
1: Cal Fire is like an expert at that in terms of geography. That's what they do. Meteorology. (laughs) (laughs) Like all the ologies, like
0: (laughs) any kinesiology in there? No, No?
1: (laughs) um, no, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, so my uh, my dad was a, a fire chief in Foster City. No way. Yeah, oh, which, okay. which merged in with San Mateo. But he was super involved with um, Cal Fire and yeah. the, the joint. Like, how do we plug city fire people into this Cal Fire thing? Yeah. And he worked with them a lot to just write a lot of their operational procedures and things like that. And mm-hmm. when the, the Oakland fire happened is when he kind of got into that. Because everyone in the Bay Area was like, wait a second. Like, we can have those kind of fires here? Like, what do we do? <laughs> we got to figure this out. Gosh, Nick,
1: you're so privileged. <laughs> oh, I man. I know. It's hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, that's neat. Okay. Yeah. So the 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 most recent ones, like a month ago that was smoking out the whole state, you were involved in that.
1: So the thing was, I actually was not involved with that. Um, about half a year ago, my mom and my brother decided that they were going to go to Hong Kong for a cousin's wedding. Um, okay. And the thing is, because they were both gone, I would only be the sole care provider for my father. Ah. So I told the army or my unit in advance, like, hey, during these next two weeks, I am not available to show up to drill.
0: That's when it happened.
1: And it just happened to be... That that was when the fires happened. And for me, I felt pretty um, somewhat guilty because mm. at that point I was still unemployed and I could have helped out if I was able to. But right. I um, was at home yeah. Um, and I was able to enjoy Thanksgiving with my dad and my other uncles and the fires are still going on. And it was just it was like kind of bittersweet. Yeah. In a sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember when that first day of rain came. And everyone was like, oh, <sighs> thank you. That'll make it easier. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. I I did a, uh, I forget who I had in here. I was doing an interview. I forget who it was, darn it. It's okay. They you're, know if they're listening, but it was really smoky. And both of us were like. <clears throat> we're in here? Yeah. Oh. Just, you, you can't, you just couldn't get away from it. Yeah, right? you can't. But that's, I mean, it's. It was smoky. Ooh. And Every, like,
1: everyone bought N95 masks. Yeah.
0: My house isn't burning down, right? Sure. <laughs> uh, so you also said it at some point that since then, like, a lot has happened. Since, like, basic and going through all that. Tell me about this, you know, two years or so since basic to now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Trust me, you guys, it's not that exciting, but it's been a, a learning experience.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, since I came back from, so I did two months of the miserable basic combat training in, in uh, Fort Jackson, South Carolina. And then immediately after that, I did another two months of my job training mm. at the same place. Okay. So I came back at around August of last year, of last year. Um, And since then, I realized that, man, I needed a job. (laughs) Right? Like, I didn't get into PT school like I wanted to. Right. So I was like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? God.
0: So PT school is out. Yes. Is that it now? Because you did the National Guard thing, you said, as like a resume builder kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, it just fell off. It fell
1: off for me because um, all my prerequisite courses for PT school, um, they've all expired now. Ah, okay. So if I were to want to apply to graduate school again, I'd have to retake almost everything. Biology, chemistry, physics, anatomy, physiology, everything. You're
0: you're grown up now. No. We don't do that.
1: (laughs) And I thought about it, too. I was like, I, I actually still have an interest in it, but... I think just realizing that that would take another one or two years mm. and I would have to work at a PT clinic again and also get hours again it just would be just way too time-consuming and I just yeah. I just wanted to have a job yeah so that is actually out of the picture for me right now Okay. Um, as much as I was chasing that dream for about three three years um, it's something that I've accepted in terms of, okay, God, I think this is kind of your your um, way of telling me. I don't think physical therapy is for you. Hmm. And it was a huge like ego crushing like, yeah. oh man, I invested so much time and money and energy and
2: yeah
1: time and money and energy. But I know that God does not waste any second of any of our lives. Hmm. And I really had to tell myself that that as much. I try not to calculate it too. <laughs> the amount of money that for GR, you know. Right, right. Years. Go on on. Of...
2: <laughs> but
1: it was, it was just a lot. And I was like, I can't calculate it like this huh? because my life is God's. So if God is shutting this door for me, I need to obey. Hmm. I need to trust him. Oh, um, that is
0: hard. So hard. That is hard. So hard
1: because I want things to go my way. I yeah. still do.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I want to control different aspects of my life. I want to make sure things go this way so I can get the most benefit out of it. And it's the most. It's the most, yeah, benefiting in terms of finances, in terms of time, in terms of logic, in terms of whatever I think is right. Right. I had to relinquish that to God. Um, And I'm okay with that. But I'm also not closed to the idea of if God in the future, let's say if I'm, I don't think so, but I'm just putting it out there. Let's (laughs) say if I'm 30 or 40 and God's like, no, 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 I want you to go to PT
0: school. Or no, no, no,
1: I want you to do this instead then.
2: Okay. 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 <laughs>
0: if you say so. say so. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, yeah, you have to leave the door open, you know, because uh, it, it's hard to say, okay, God, like I'm ready to serve you with my life and I'll do anything except uh, this and that and that. Like, sure. I'm, I'm done with that. Like that's not possible. <laughs> Ryan,
1: just three things for me, it'd be like a lot of things like this, 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 yeah. this, this, this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I'm a similar way. I, I actually had uh, a spreadsheet um, when I was in high school. I I drew this, like, algorithmic thing with these <laughs> different boxes and arrows with, like, okay, I'll graduate high school, and then I'm going to do this or this. If I do that, then I'll do this and that. If I do this, I'll do Like, I had it all mapped out. And the funny thing wow. is they all ended up converging back together into my ideal life plan, right? So you did
1: both those things you did everything on that excel sheet
0: no <laughs> i ended up way over here somewhere i'm oh, not even this okay. option wasn't anywhere near the paper like gotcha. being a christian working for a church teaching kids living in newark like everything that's about my life now was not on this map Gotcha. And, yeah i went through some other, Yeah, it's, it's hard to it's hard to relinquish that plan that's like yeah but this is a good plan god like sure. there's nothing wrong with this like how could you not bless my plant? Sure. He says, "Well, because it's not mine." Hmm. <laughs> like, hmm. uh, don't forget, yeah. like I'm actually in charge of this whole thing. Yeah, I'm God, not yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Tough pill to swallow.
1: It is. It is. It's um. It's a. <clears throat> it's gonna take the rest of our lives to learn that lesson over and over again. It's not something that is achieved. I wish it could be, but it can't be, (laughs) cannot be. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. So um, what is God teaching you right now?
1: So much. Um, I would say even the lessons that I've learned before, like that I just mentioned in this podcast, Mm. um, I still get that same, powerful slap across my face every once in a while. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm the type of person where I'm like, okay, I've been through this experience and I've learned it. And the lesson is so clear. Okay, I got it. I got it. Mm -hmm. And then life happens and then sin happens. And then just being a broken sinner happens and God's like slap. Nope. Yeah. Just want to show you like, Hey, um, same lessons. Mm. Um, so going back to what we were saying earlier, when I got out of or when I came back to California, I was unemployed and I didn't know what to do with my life, and and it was that same f- the same things as anyone would ever go through, like the same fears, the mm. same feeling of the same fear of not being able to be employed, inadequacy because I have a kinesiology degree, like how how am I going to be useful in this yeah. world with just a bachelor's degree in kinesiology um, and just the unknown hmm. and God has really I don't want to use the word slap because God is not <laughs> violent like that I don't think but he has taught me over over again like just trust me yeah just 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 you don't you don't have to be in control Like just trust me hmm. and don't let your ego get to you be humble just trust me. Like, you don't got this. I am God of this universe. Like, that should be enough for you. Hmm. And also this past year, just reading the Bible and seeing how not only has God saved and redeemed countless of people in in our past, in our history, but just showing himself over and over again to people that just did not deserve it. Yeah and I am that same person. Yeah. I don't deserve God. I don't deserve his attention or his love or his presence or his holiness. Like I don't deserve any of it. Yeah. Yet he still wants me and gives it to me. And I'm like, "Why?" Hmm. So if God asks me to just trust him, I'm going to freaking trust him. So And that's still a lesson that I'm learning too, um, just through other things in life, whether it's job or not. But when I got out of South Carolina, I um, worked at 85 as a part time job.
0: All right. Because the bakery.
1: I loved the people there. I still love the people there. So if anyone, well, the one in Newark is great. I don't know about the other (laughs) locations.
0: Sorry, They all seem good, I don't know. They're all great. It's a
1: great place to work at. I love the people. I love that you get two free breads each shift. (laughs) I love the employee discount. And I just love just the atmosphere of it. And working in the food industry or a bakery industry teaches you a lot in terms of teamwork, in terms of respect, in terms of working with nice customers and not so nice customers. And it was a great training grounds for me. Um, yeah. As I was just figuring out l- life. Yeah. Um and as I was working at 85 I was also taking on like various contract positions too. Um just to earn extra money but also trying to figure out oh is this what I want to do? Hmm. Cuz I knew I didn't want to work at a bakery for <laughs> forever. For the rest of my life I didn't. It was contract, just a
0: contract as in like Hired gun or? (laughs) Oh,
1: so contract positions as in like um, administrative assistant positions for two days or for two weeks. Oh, okay. Like, hey, this person just didn't show up. We need people to just sit at our reception desk and answer phone calls and answer emails for two days. Okay. Until we find a replacement. I see. Or just working various events. So I was like a person with a bright orange T-shirt and just like directing traffic and just smiling. And like (laughs) I just did a lot of odd. And jobs. It's kind of fun. It is.
0: Yeah.
1: It was um, a discovery period of my life. Interesting. Um, huh. And I knew I had to be busy, um, not only just to make money, of course, but I knew that I had to really just try different things um, to really figure out where God was going to knock on my head and be like, mm. hey, I think you'd be really good at this. Yeah. Or, hey, I think you really like this. Um. And then, so I did that up until March of this year. So we're speeding ahead here from last August to March of this year. Right. I finally decided to quit 85 um, because um, I got selected and I volunteered to go on a one month long deployment in South Korea. Yeah. Um, and I quit 85 because I knew that I was getting too comfortable there and hmm. For me, I just I just knew that once I get back from Korea. I wouldn't want to just go back there. Yeah um, Because I knew I would just be stuck there mentally physically spiritually. I love the people there Yeah, and I knew that it's a huge risk obviously to not have a steady income um, But I just needed a change in that hmm. sense Um. It was very scary, too, coming back to nothing. <laughs> but the month-long deployment was very good. Not yeah. a lot of sleep. Um, it was my it was my chance to just get to experience South Korea and the food and the culture. We got to work with Korean soldiers over there. Hmm. And it also was the exact same time, which is so crazy that we are part of history, uh, when the North and South Korean met up at the DMZ
0: oh, to yeah. discuss... Who knows what? Who knows what? <laughs> Who knows what, yeah. They
1: might have had a cup of tea, maybe some cookies. Right. I don't know.
0: That was such a strange, dramatic thing to watch. I think I was at the gym, and they were broadcasting, like, these two yeah. dudes walking towards each other. I was like, oh, that's... And I like... think... I, I didn't... No one knows who the, you know, South Korean president is, but everyone knows the guy, right? Yeah. And they're like, are they... Like, who's that? Who's he shaking hands with? Why You're are they getting... standing there, like, turning around in circles? Like, oh... Oh.
1: <laughs> They're giving is, each other eye contact. Like,
0: Is that happening? It like, is history. Wow. Are they going to fight? Like, No. Okay. No. So you were there.
1: I was not at the DMZ, but I was in the same country. Wow. Um, and actually, the funny thing was the day that they had that meeting, they actually released us off from work. They gave us a day off because in, <laughs> in the situation where war erupted, if that meeting and- did not go well.
0: Right. That's um, it. It's on. <laughs> I run. think
1: either they would have made us join the soldiers to fight or they would have been like, no, pack your bags. You guys are going back to the States. where it's safe. Yeah. We don't know what would have happened. Wow. Um, but, yeah, that was a really, really surreal. Hmm. So surreal because they've been enemies for... Or, yeah, enemies. I can say yeah. that, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, outright. Yes. Uh, if for- you threatened to Blow someone off at the face of the earth, your enemies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, wow. And for them to be willing to have a chat about who knows what.
0: Yeah. Just the fact that they occupy the same airspace, right, is pretty amazing.
1: So crazy. And they speak the same language. They sh- Can I say that they share the same piece of land? Is that going to offend anyone? Um, but That's okay. <laughs> I'm,
0: not, I'm fine. The hey, dog, are you good? He's good. Eric, just wanna, he's, he's fun, not a good. Just
1: for your listeners. But anyways, yeah. yeah, just for them to have, it was just a, such a monumental moment. And yeah. I, mean, I mean, I did not contribute to that, but it was it was really surreal just being a part of that. Um, wow. And the reason why I was in South Korea was that every every year in March, April, uh, in April, I think in April, um, the United States and South Korea, their military, they all come together and do an exercise and a training in South Korea. Oh right, a huge exercise.
0: They flex. <laughs> Bruh. So, look I what mean, we got.
1: <laughs> not just physical training, but they actually do military training. No,
0: I mean like they're they're like posing, right? Like look what we got, um, military up here. And the thing is,
1: here. North Korea is very not happy. That we have this kind of relationship with right. uh, them, so um, hmm. yeah, I really don't know what 2019 is going to look like. But it was a huge deal that they sat down and talked to each other. Yeah. something that none of us would have ever saw coming. No, no. Um, not... Even even President Trump meeting up with the North Korean president. I don't think, I don't think any of us saw that too. But a oh, lot. Yeah, the of The whole
0: thing is like out of some weird movie. Like, what? <laughs> Wait, Do- Donald? You're over there doing what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, is this happening? I don't. It's kind of crazy. I don't think the North Korean president knows about... Yeah, yeah. Anyways, let's
0: it's just... crazy. Say, yeah. It's crazy. I haven't heard much about all that since, really. I think we've we've moved on to other news and it just kind of fluttered off. Like, I'm curious about, like, what what was the resolution of all that? I don't know. i have to look into it. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know too much about it either. <clears throat> um, but I just know that every time we have that April... Yeah. Training with the South, when we um, train with the South Korea military personnel, North Korea is not happy. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah.
0: Would you be down to go do that again?
1: I would be, um, if my job let me. Yeah. Um, if time let me and I was at a season of my life where I could take a month off to do that again, yeah. I would. Yeah. Yeah. It That's was a, neat. it was a really good, Learning experience, but it was also fun and gratifying because I was actually doing my job. Yeah. For the military. Yeah. I'm not the kind of gal that likes to hold a gun and run around in tall grasses, which sometimes I do, <laughs> but only for like a day, man.
0: Like, yeah, that's,
2: yeah.
1: That's it. Like after get that, the
0: t-shirt. <laughs> go home.
1: The cold and the bugs and yeah. the dirt is just—it's not my thing. Um, so. For me to be able to do my job is yeah. for the military is so rewarding, so gratifying. And that's a huge reason why I love doing Korea missions is because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to do that in April of this year. Um, and literally once I came back was when the fires pretty much started happening. Right. Um, in Redding. Yeah.
0: Reading. Yep. A car Um, fire right yeah yeah
1: that's right that was this year yeah (laughs) sorry i know (laughs) um
0: that was the one that so we had a high school summer camp planned for lake shasta
1: oh man yeah
0: and we're like watching it like uh there's a fire burning towards the lake (laughs) and it's really smoky like no we're not going i was so bummed about
1: it is it middle and high school
0: just high school. Just high one. school. Yeah. Oh man, There's like 70 high schoolers. We were gonna go houseboating. It's gonna be the best trip ever. But we'll just do it this summer. It's yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the community's still rebuilding. I know. I know. I've seen it on the news and. That's rough. It's devastating.
0: Yeah. What time? She wants to know the time. Yeah. Seven. Okay. We're still good. Um, I
1: just want to make sure that I'm respectful of your time too. Um,
0: this this is what I do. I'm all about it. I'll go four hours if someone wants to. It's fun. Yeah.
1: Well, I've only lived, what, we decided on, what, 25? I'm 25? Right, yeah.
0: Stop it there. <laughs> Just stop there. It's good. <laughs> Freeze it.
1: <laughs> been really busy with the fire missions, and then about a month ago, it's been over a month, God blessed me with a full-time, big-girl job.
0: A big-girl job. <laughs> with benefits and taxes and all that. With
1: benefits and taxes wow. and... I get a business card, and it's just been...
0: You have a badge or something right there? I see. What is that? I
1: know. I need to take it off. Wow. I should put it back in my purse. But, yeah, um, I work for this company, and they're great. Our team is great. And I just could not have imagined that um, I would be employed because I've been unemployed for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, But just... Yeah, I just I just always think back to those times where I was struggling and just struggling with like my inadequacy or just like right. I'm not going to get a job. I'm just going to be stuck doing this or doing fire missions mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like, no, God says trust me. Yeah. Even though I would have liked this job a little bit sooner. But um, no, he does things for a reason and I don't have to know those reasons. Yeah. I don't. I don't actually have the right to know those reasons. and. Um,
0: Isn't that funny? He's he's not actually obligated to explain his ways to us all the time. right? Mm-hmm. I always think of Abraham. He says, go. <laughs> what? <laughs> go where? Just go that way. <laughs> I'm going to give you land. Go. Yeah. Wait. Okay.
1: And he listened.
0: Yeah, he actually went. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. He not just listened. He obeyed. He obeyed. He, he did it. Good. You got it. He took action. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: yeah. I wanted to, to rewind just a bit mm-hmm. and ask you about your your kind of take on the women on front lines thing going on right now with the military. Um, obviously, yeah. obviously, like you said, it's, it's not your thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But where, where do you sit on that if, if you got a gal that says, I'm going to front lines, I'm going to go kill stuff and like. Where's your what where you what's your take on it?
1: Um yeah. Okay. So in terms of uh a woman that has interest in doing infantry and just yeah. wanting to go to the front lines.
0: Yeah, and they want to fight.
1: And wanting to fight. Yeah. Um so one thing I learned at basic is just because we are female and of different gender, or whatever gender you associate identify yeah. yeah okay uh, sorry i just have to put that out there yeah. um but whatever yeah just because we're female doesn't mean we can't keep up with the guys mm. and we freaking proved it to them <laughs> over and over again and i remember in the beginning i lied about my age um a lot of people thought i was 18
0: okay. when
1: i when i was there um because it was just, like, a rumor that swirled around. Like, they're like, oh, Ewan is 18. And I just, like, I didn't really say much because I was like, <laughs> just let let just, let's just let go, man. No, I don't want to cause, like, a firestorm in terms of me being 26, actually. Yeah. So when I finally told them, um, I, I only told it to close people. But, you know, things in the basic training, it starts to oh, just yeah. come out. Oh, yeah. doesn't take long. Um, it, Yeah. I just realized, like, yeah, it's not about age. It's not about, like, us being females. We're not able to be as physically strong. Sure, we might not have big biceps or big pecs or whatever the physical features are that the world portrays that you Mm. have to be to be strong. If you have the will and the desire to do it, like, do it. I believe that God has given us different skills, different desires in our hearts, and different talents to do different things in life, Mm. to fill those holes. Yeah, Um, And if... There is a gal out there that wants to do infantry and wants to be in the front line, and she is capable of doing it and is respectful and, you know, whatever the right. things are. Like, go do it. Um, and, yeah, we kind of need to show the guys out there. Like, we can <laughs> do it. We're, we're human beings. Yeah. Um, do I believe that there are things that guys do have a tendency to be better at certain things. I mean, that's like a hot topic in itself, but yeah, sure. You know, but, um, no girls can do as much things that guys can do and guys can do as many things as they want that girls are better at or vice versa.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, there's all kinds of like stereotypical roles that people fall into. Well, you know, the reason they're stereotypes is because that seems to be how people end up shaking out but that doesn't mean everybody is in this box or that box yeah. or this box. It's like, no, if there's a dude that wants to be whatever go do that. If there's a girl like there's no I don't believe in putting like no, you can't do it cuz you're a girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well wait a minute. No. I don't I don't think that's that's not how it works.
1: 2018 has been a huge milestone for I don't want to say just for a woman, but just for like humanity Mm. in terms of like, you know, we have like the Me Too movement in terms of these females. And I think guys, too, that come up and they're like, hey, Me Too, because Mm. this happened to me, too.
2: Mm.
1: Also on the military side, um, I don't know too many details of it, but I know like there's uh, Fort Benning in Georgia. Um, It used to be only all guys. Um, Mm. Understandable just because that is the infantry training grounds so if you're yeah if you're an infantry guy or gal you go there but they recently just opened it up to females as well not too long ago and they're slowly starting to open up other opportunities to females where it used to be not available for females Hmm. so we're starting to see that shift um in that in that i think yeah i believe that god created man and woman equally but you know there's the whole topic of like but god created adam first and we can always go yeah it could be so long but in terms of currently like just because a guy or guys are praised or applauded or given the spotlight in terms of certain things that they tend to be good at it doesn't Mm. mean that girl is not able to bottom line right yeah we yeah and just yeah I'm just going to leave it at that.
0: (laughs) Great. The dog's dreaming. She's snoring. She's so cute. Oh, she's dreaming hard. Foot twitch and everything. Does
1: she she make sounds when she sleeps?
0: No, she just breathes heavy. It's weird. Her eyes flicker. It's funky. (laughs) So I've got uh, a couple people in mind um, who are in that kind of that same spot that, that you described like when you got out of college where they're kind of like, okay, um, who am I now? What am I going to do with my life? I thought I wanted to do this, but doesn't look like I'm going to do that. Hmm. My relationships with other people don't quite look like the way I thought they would. Hmm. I'm not on the path. I didn't know. I'm not where I thought I would be by now. Like I, there's, there's a handful of stories that are popping into my head um, if and if you were to go back and talk to yourself like what what would you say to someone who's in that that spot? Oh man yeah
1: I'm sorry, I'm just taking a moment right now because for me the longest or the thing for me was unemployment, and mm. now I'm finally employed, so I haven't even really like sat down and think about it
0: Um, this is good it's live thinking
1: (laughs) it's live thinking (laughs) um i would tell my back then a few years ago for myself who like you said these people who graduated college they have a degree and they're like okay what's next right and it's like man i i feel like i'm kind of good at this but i haven't really done this yet and just like the possibilities are endless kind of thing is scary. <laughs> yeah. I would say to really, to encourage listeners to actually see it from a point of view as it's scary, but also pretty exciting mm. in a sense where you're in a time of your life where you have, a like, whether you have a bachelor's degree or not, it, I, I actually do don't think it matters too much even though unfortunately now a lot of jobs do require you to have a college degree yeah. but whether you have a college degree or not like take chances in terms of trying new things if you know you want to do something and you're but you're not sure if you're good at it like try it out mm. whether it's a shadowing thing volunteering thing or taking it a part-time whether it's doing a part-time job that is kind of crappy and you know you're not gonna stick there forever and going back to school or um Or I know there's so many people that are actually my age that just quit a full-time job that was fantastic, great benefits, but they just quit it because they were so unhappy and they decided to be unemployed just to go back to do coding camp
2: Hmm.
1: or to go and travel or whatever it is. as much as I'm not a risk taker, I've actually taken a handful of risks in my life looking yeah. back at it. Yeah. Um, but to not be afraid of that and it is okay to not know what you want to do. Right. Because God will always let you know in his timing. Yeah. Um and
0: Well if he's if, if he's real, right? If he is The creator, all powerful, all knowing, and he loves you and he cares about you. Mm. He's done all this stuff for you. It's like you're going to be okay.
1: (laughs) Going to be okay, Um, And to be humbled and open to the fact that things are most likely not going to happen the way you wanted them (laughs) to.
0: Rarely do they. Right.
1: God is so fantastic in this way (laughs) where he knows what our heart's desires are, but. With our heart's desires, he also has bigger, better, grander plans for us that we could have ever imagined. And I am starting to see the years of torture and a lot of patience and a lot of struggling of not knowing what I want to do and just unemployment and a lot of risk-taking, the fruit of obeying God in little steps of my life. like It's now coming, especially with this job that hmm. I just got a month ago. Um, and I can't wait to see what else he has next for me.
0: Yeah, what do you think? What what's what's coming up in the in the world of genuine Oh my gosh. Um the next hill to climb. I know. Yeah. It's
1: it's like one of those like New Year's resolutions.
0: Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Sure. We'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> i definitely kind of
1: going with that. Um definitely for my spiritual walk, I wanna be able to be more proactive in terms of... This year I read the Bible in one year, but oh. now it's like, it was a huge accomplishment for me. I, yeah. Embarrassing to say, I've never read the Bible in one year yeah. until
0: now. Few actually have. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's not easy.
1: It's not easy, but it was so rewarding yeah. in seeing all these people of faith mm. and failure. People of faith, but also like a lot of failure too, a lot of ups and downs. Coming to God over and over again, and God testing them, and God being gracious to them, and God forgiving, and just like mm. a lot of that. Um, but I want to see what I want to do in the new year in terms of my Bible reading. Yeah. Um, just kind of mix it up, or a way where I can dig even deeper into God's word. Yeah. Trying to read more books. <laughs> That's something yeah. that I was slack. I. I was pretty good the first half of the year, and then it just...
0: <laughs> you made it half a year? That's, I made it, that's, imp- that's impressive.
1: made half a year, and then it just kind of disappeared. So I really <laughs> want to see if maybe I can read, like, just, like, good Christian books. There's just so many out there that yeah. people recommend, and it's like, okay, I'll buy it on Amazon, or I'm gifted it, and then yeah. it just sits on my bookshelf. But maybe, like, <laughs> once every, like, three months or four months, try to get back into that. Yeah. Um, Another thing is I'm serving in Thrive right now, which has been just such a blessing.
0: What is Thrive?
1: Thrive is our special needs ministry. So we have families, parents that have their kids with special needs. Um, No matter what that special needs is, um, we will be as accommodating as possible. So we have a classroom and a space for these kids to Read, play puzzles, and just be able to interact with them while mm. their parents are able to go to fel- uh, go to service, right. um, worship service without any distractions. Yeah. Um. And it's been such, such a, just such a blessing. Mm. Um. Getting to know these kids. Um. They're not always very consistent, but there are a few. Um. And for me, I feel like with the new year coming up, I'm itching to serve more. Hmm. Which for me, I'm like, hmm.
0: Don't say that too loud. You'll get some phone calls. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jen. uh, (laughs) Cover the mic. Cover the mic. Yeah.
1: Um, But just with my time schedule right now and just like a lot of pros and cons in terms of weighing my sanity, weighing like time to reach out to other people and with Prime and uh, Prime is our (laughs) single-ish.
0: we got to (laughs) define this thing. (laughs) What is it? The prime means prime of your life, prime. so t- twenty to twenty to forty. Is, is that, that
1: why you guys named it that?
0: I, I didn't name it, though, <laughs> but I, yeah, that's what that's what I've heard. Okay. I always thought it was like prime, like prime number, like one, right? I don't know. Okay. I okay. I, I don't know. Okay. Because I thought it was singles. I was like, how does prime fit into singles? Okay, well, one math, you know, I don't know.
1: I'm gonna have to ask some people. about Prime
0: this. of your life. Sure. That's what it is.
1: Okay, um, and. Wanting to be able to serve in that more. And I just have like an itch. Like I feel like this upcoming year I want to do more. So just really praying to God and seeing like with my pretty full schedule and absolutely with the uncertainty of the military needs, what that's going to look like. Yeah. And what ministry would be crazy enough to want me (laughs) as well. (laughs) Um, But we'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's about it. Yeah, that's what this next year looks like. Uh, keep my job—that's huge. Yeah.
0: yeah, Don't lose that thing. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to lose that thing.
1: Um, definitely be a good employee, but also um, being able to establish good, cordial relationships with my coworkers. But also, what it looks like to be bold in my faith in yeah. my workplace. Yeah. Because that's a ministry in itself.
0: It's another mission field, right? It is. You're back in the the girls' house in college. You know? It is. It's the same thing. It is. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so that's what 2019 looks like for me as of right now.
0: It's exciting. I'm excited for you. Thank you. I don't know what's next.
1: I don't know either.
0: Um, So the last question I want to ask you, just to put a stamp on these things, is what is it about the gospel that you have found beautiful enough to say that you want to serve more, to follow him with your life, and just say yes to this God?
1: Oh, man. Okay, I'm just going to say the first thing that pops into my head. Do it. The gospel is for everyone. Mm. Um, how do I elaborate more on that? The gospel is for everyone, no matter what kind of history, what kind of, again, socioeconomical status, ethnicity, yeah. background, whatever... I don't, I don't want to use this word, but I'm just going to say baggage, whatever you've done in your past, yep. whatever you think of yourself, like we are all human beings. Like Jesus Christ died on the cross for every single one of us, hmm. past, present, and future. Even all the little babies that are in mommy's bellies right hmm. now, like for everyone that is going to walk on this planet, Jesus died for us. Yeah. I think that's what is so beautiful, because we live in a world that is like, man, like it's just, I don't want to say it's a competition, but it's definitely a world that is, it's really hard, very unloving, and mm. when you don't believe in a God, you're just kind of shuffled in this sea of
2: right.
1: the world, and the demands, and the distractions, and The things of this world and for us to know that there's a God that loves us and Jesus died on the cross for every single one of us. No matter what we've done in our past, no matter who we are now, no matter what it is, Mm. like he died for us. He wants us and we should respond to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We should figure it out. And I think that is the beauty of it that, yeah, that Jesus wants or Jesus God. He wants all of us hmm. um, and I think also once we become a believer, the Holy Spirit works in us so differently and so beautifully um, with God writing a different life story for each of us and um, it's not easy, it's absolutely not easy, and it's very confusing at times too, hmm. but um yeah, I don't know,
0: beautiful preach it. I don't know. <laughs> That was great.
1: I feel like, yeah, I I remember one time my friend was telling me, she was like, yeah, I feel like I become a Christian every day. <laughs> and it's not about like praying, you know, that prayer of like, Jesus, yeah. come into my heart. But it's just about like you wake up, you live life for one day, you wake up and then you sin all over again. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, wait, I need to come back to you, God. Right. It's like, it's yeah. like, it's, it's not, um, it's not easy, but man, I would rather live a life for God and with God Hmm. than without Him. (laughs) Because I don't know how to do it.
0: Yeah, how do people do it? I don't don't know. They don't.
1: (laughs) I think, um, yeah. Yep.
0: Jen, thank you so much.
1: No, thank you for for having me here. coming
0: on to my little podcast. This was fun. Uh, It's a privilege to talk to you. You're a gem of a woman, and I'm excited for what's next for you. Thank you. Uh, High five on the outside. Here we go. Yeah, thank you. All right, that's a wrap. We did it again. Another one in the bag. Thank you so much for listening today. I know these are long interviews, but gosh, aren't they wonderful. I love this. This is the best hobby ever. Uh, always uh, look for us on Facebook at The Great Stories Podcast. You can support the show on Patreon. Go look for The Great Stories Podcast on Patreon. But the greatest thing you can do for the Great Stories Podcast is to share these episodes. Share it on your Facebook, text it to people, copy the links, whatever you got to do. Give them a high rating on the the platform that you listen on. And that just helps these to get out. Uh, I, I really, again, for every one person that sits across this table from me, there's a thousand people out there who need to know about the power of this God to really work in the lives of real people. I want these to get out there. So share them. Uh, of course, if you want to be on the show or you know somebody who you want me to talk to, email me at thegreatstoriespodcast at gmail.com. A uh, huge thank you to Jen for coming in today and chatting with me. Uh, it was so refreshing to hear her take on some things. Uh, but the best thing, man, I just love her attitude about trusting God and just being willing to take the next step. It's one thing to say, Lord, I trust you. It's another thing to be willing to take the steps that he sets in front of us. Such an awesome gal. And uh, thanks for listening. I'll check you next time. Okay, you're still listening, which means you've discovered the Easter egg. Uh, this is a part of the show I tag on the end where I just kind of talk about whatever is on my mind uh, on whatever day. Sometimes it's funny. Last week it was funny. <laughs> this week it's more serious. Um, but it's like a uh, audio journal kind of thing. So it's cool to do. And there, there's something that's been kind of swirling around my head lately. And there's a question that I've been asked a bunch of times now, it seems, by several different people. And it keeps coming up again and again, especially with our, our high schoolers at the church I work at. And that is, that is the question of, like, what do I do if I just don't really feel the whole Jesus thing right now? It it comes up because people, you know, people go to camps or they have retreats or you know you just your your Christian walk just ebbs and flows and you have high points and low points you know and and there's some times where you just I'm just praying all day I'm crying during worship I just love everybody nothing gets me down like you're you're just a holy roller man nothing nothing gets you and other times it's like man like is god even real like does he love me like is this like <laughs> you just question everything and sometimes you question it so much that you just wonder if if it was even real before it's hard it's discouraging you know and it, it gets you in a funk you just don't pray as much you don't read your bible and and you know you're just not worshiping the same And it, it's hard and you know it, it's difficult because I know a lot of our tendency is to just say like, well, you know, just get over it. Or, or you know, the the classic response is like, hey, just read your Bible more, you know, or, or pray more. You just got to feel it. and But it's hard to manufacture feelings. You know, the best that we could do in that vein is just to fake it. And it, no one wants to fake it. Like fake is the problem with a lot of church. Like people don't like church because it's full of fake people. I don't want to coach people to become, you know, just a... a a better faker and what it came down to me and what i what i've rested on is that we're we're never really i mean we're not we can't run away from god like we're not actually far from him i mean we're stuck in time it it marches on if we're, we're followers of christ we're believers like all we're doing is getting closer to the time when we get to meet him and and really, his his promise is to provide for us. His promise is that he never leaves us. And and so, really, these valleys are, in my experience, and I think sup- you you can support this scripturally, that the valleys we go through are are just basically long term tools that God uses to show us how much He cares about us, because we're going to see. He promises, all things work together for the good of those who love Him and are called to His purpose. It, it that's. There's no ifs about that. it, it is. and it, sometimes it takes longer than others. sometimes it takes us probably until we meet him face to face to really understand what he was doing. but that's the promise. And so I think in the context of that, you know what is our role? I mean, it's it's really passive in a lot of ways. We're we're in the position of receiving when it comes to God. We don't we don't really have much to offer. We don't we can't manufacture anything. I mean all we can do, just like with, with any relationship, really, is to learn how we can participate. And when it comes to God, you know, our, our position with Him is similar to the, a, a drowning person putting their arm up in the air. You know, they're, they're not going to save themselves. They just make themselves available for that relationship, for the rescuer. And I think God's given us some tools uh, that we can use to basically take this posture of just, we want to seek intimacy in these ways, you know, and when we read our Bible, right, we're not just letting the words go by. Like, we're reading this Bible for the purpose of seeing God, for intimacy with him. We pray, not just like to start the stopwatch. No, we're we're praying because we're talking to someone that we love. I want, God, I want you in my life more. I want to talk to you more. You know, when we worship, we're, we have the attitude of like, we are singing our prayers to God. Like we are seeking intimacy in our worship when we're in community. God's placed us in this community. The, this, these bunch of people in order for each of these people to represent him to each other in different ways. That's what community is. And we, we participate in community with the intent to seek intimacy with our creator. And I I just think that again, like we're not in charge. Like we're not going to manufacture our own faith. Like, this is a gift from God, and all all he has us to do is, is to position ourselves in a position of intimacy with him, to access what's already there, uh, to put our hand up in the air and let the rescuer, the promiser, do what he does, and that's rescue, <laughs> and uh, in the end, you know, we can see what he's done, and, and I think our, our emotions come and go, but if we can really work on on figuring out how to untether our emotions from our actions, from our status spiritually, it's like a superpower. And that, that only happens by looking into who God is, by seeking him in these ways, and by being intimate with him. At least that's the best I got. Uh, I would love to hear other people's thoughts on this. You know, please email me at, at thegreatstoriespodcast at gmail.com with, with your thoughts, your ideas. Like, what do you tell people when they ask you this? Uh, I'm still trying to learn, but that's what I've put together so far. I just thought I would share it because it's really, you know, in my head a lot. And I I just hope that either that's helpful to you or that you can be helpful to me and help me grow uh, and just learn more about this. Thank you for listening. See you in a couple of weeks.